Hello everyone, Matt here. Uh, thank you very much for downloading episode 10 of our podcast. It's uh, a landmark moment for us um, and I hope you enjoy this uh, mega-sode of uh, Soul Wars. Uh, just a quick one, just to say that we recorded this over a couple of days. It was a tough one <laughs> for many reasons. We we had the UK heat wave, or I certainly did anyway, to deal with, so I was melting as we were recording this one. Uh, we had a few technical issues, which hopefully we got round. We had uh, health issues. <laughs> We had uh, Cameron's cat made an appearance <laughs> towards the later part of this show. Uh, so hopefully none of these things detract from this episode. So it was just to give everyone a heads up that uh, we did <laughs> record this under quite difficult circumstances sometimes, but it was a great fun uh, episode to do. So again, we hope you enjoy this one. And that's it. Yeah. And oh, as always, thank you very much for your support. And on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. Yes, we've got to episode 10. Hooray! I'm your host, Mystical Matt, and joining me, as always, is Chaos Cameron. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Are you ready for this, sir? Are you oh, ready? Oh, God, I think, I think I'm ready. I did, I did get sleep last night, so that's a good start. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the reason we say that is because this is going to be a big show. Not because it's episode 10, but it's because we're going through Soul Wars. Oh, this is going to be a long one. Um, so just to sort of tell you how this episode is going to go, um, we're going to do a very short hobby section just to basically talk about soul wars uh we can do a very short news section because we're just going to be talking about kill team briefly um and then the bulk of the show is going to be all soul wars we're going to go through pretty much the whole core book from a lore point of view we'll have a few little rules in there um a bit of rules talk but overall we're going to be talking about uh like i said the law out of the core book um just as a warning as well um because we don't know how long this episode is going to be, because um, it will be it will be a long one. Um, this may end up getting edited and put in as a two-parter. So when this goes out live, um, if there's a part one and part two, it's effectively the same episode. But because of you know file size limits and all these other technical things, I, I said I may have to put it into two episodes for you to download. But basically, it's going to be this all episode ten. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, we're excited. We've been waiting for this moment, haven't we, Cameron? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And we're going to take some regular breaks because here in the UK at the moment, we're going through a bit of a heat wave. Um, and I said, like I said to Cameron before we started... I could end up looking like I'm out of the realm of the realm of Nurgle because I'll be a, a big pile of pus and goo as I get melted in my uh, recording oh, room here. It's oh pretty nasty. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, and, and also because of the of what we're covering, there won't be a discussion topic at the end because we won't be human at the end of it. <laughs> So, um, right, let's start with the hobby section. As I said, mm. it's going to be a brief one. Um, so, I believe you bought some little game called Soul Wars. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a small indie developer title. No one knows anything. <laughs> uh, no, Age of Sigma 2.0 is here because it still feels weird to say second edition. So I actually prefer 2.0 uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. God, it's a it's a good box, isn't it, Matt? It is gorgeous. It's quite a nice, quite a nice box with some quite <laughs> nice miniatures. Um, so yeah, I, I've for the last week I've been very busy doing a professional development course. Um, but I still found the time to cut and glue all the night haunt together. And nice. uh, they are very nice. They are surprisingly sturdy, <laughs> which thank God for that. Cause they look frail as hell. Um, yeah, they do actually. I was, when I was going through the sprues, I mean, that mine are still in sprues, uh, mm. what I've got left of them, which I'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But you're right. They, they feel like they're going to be really flimsy, but they're actually gr- Real you know, solid. quite solid, aren't they? Yeah. It's like, um, the, the Lord Executioner with the, the Gallo and the Headsman's Axe is probably the wobbliest of them all, but literally everything else is fine. Um, <laughs> there are like a couple of really thin arms that you've got to be careful not to bend, but uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They're really good models. <laughs> They go together super easily. Um, I put together 20 chain rasps in about 30 minutes, so. <laughs> nice. They are. You're a machine, sir. It's not even that. They're just, they're all two-piece models and you, a little dab <laughs> of glue, click onto a base, you're done. Um, <laughs> they're really, really well, good talk, for that. I was going to say, talking about there's been a few mm. people online that have said they've struggled putting some of the miniatures together because <clears> of <throat> the size of the little bars in between. I don't know what you call them. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, when you putting the bar into the hole. But um, have yeah. you had much problem with that? Um, I didn't with the Nighthorn. I haven't put together any of the Stormcast yet, which is where I've seen a lot of the um the issues come from. Uh, there were a couple yeah. where it was a little difficult because what I would do was I would dry fit first and not fully close them and then take them apart, put a little glue in and then actually push them together. Um, yep. with the nylon, there's no serious offenders and like they've made sure the gaps are always in a cloth area so that you can just fill it up with a bit of glue or a little bit of green stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some messy <laughs> storm cast though. So I'm not sure if that's on, <laughs> that's the fault of the individual, um, assembler or if it's a problem with the actual, design on Stormcast, because they seem to have these big gaps in the shoulders sometimes. But on- honestly, if you can't fit the peg into the um into the hole correctly, you just cut the whole peg off, like, at the base of it inside the model, yeah, and you shouldn't have point. any problem. Because it's still push-fit on the edges, like, you just glue the edge instead of the peg in that case. And it should yeah, because be ultimately fine. the peg is just just to reinforce it, isn't it, at the end of mm. the day? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because, yeah, this, the, the photos I saw online were, like you said, were Stormcast, where the, because the peg is too big, it can't get in the hole, and then it's mm. causing, like, the shoulders on either side to not align correctly. Yeah, but yeah. I, I can't believe, you know, that it would be that much of an issue in the sense that Games Workshop is huge, so, and they've oh, been doing yeah. this for a long time. I don't believe... I'm not saying people are having, aren't having problems, because yeah, I yeah. believe that. It's just that I don't... I'd be surprised if it was a, a big global issue, yeah. because... Yeah, no, it, could you know, be, it, it could be like a batch error or something. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't... I can't believe it's a problem with the kit itself as a base design, because... No. Again, it's Games Workshop making the kits. They do know what they're doing. And B, exactly. it's Games Workshop making the kits. They've already painted and assembled about a hundred of these things in the last couple of months. So they would know if there was an issue. I'm pretty sure. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I mean. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's definitely a batch issue. And, you know, that's going to happen. They've obviously, mm. they've churned out a lot in probably, a, you know, a, a small amount of time as well, because you yeah. don't know yeah. how long they've had these ready for. So no, fair play to them. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Cool. But yeah, beautiful box. 
beautiful models, mm. great contents. I mean, we're going to spend an entire episode covering just one piece of the box, which is the core book. But... <laughs> just, just, yeah, <laughs> one or two pages. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's got a really good getting started with the hobby guide. It's got an excerpt mm-hmm. from the Soul Wars novel, which I'll chat about in just a just a minute, probably. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's got a sort of little narrative campaign intro talking about the actual contents of the box and the battle for Glim's Forge, which is uh, a Sigmarite city in the realm of the dead, which is pretty cool. Um, yep. Yeah, it's got all kinds of great stuff in there. It's got really nice dice, I found. Um, <laughs> really nice dice. Well, like, <laughs> do, you know a lot- do you know what I like? Really nice dice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well it, it's like. It's, Older starter sets, you get those, like, little white dice with the black dots. They feel kind of tacky. Yeah. But these are, like, clear blue. They're nice size. They're not tiny or anything. They're, they're just good dice. They're good dice, Matt. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> nice dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, how have you found it? Um, I Like you, I think it's it's glorious, really. I, it's one of those boxes that I've just loved opening because you, f- I found like I'm. It's almost like a surprise. Even though mm. I, I've clearly seen what's in the box, I prior to buying it because yeah, obviously it's been yeah. on, on all the trailers and and the Warhammer community site. It was still a surprise. Like ooh, like you know, yeah, just, as you're opening yeah. things up, like oh, there's another book. Oh, there's an, some War Scroll, um, you know, cards. There's and like I said the the nice dice, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, I th- I thought one thing I did like as well is I like the box. The, the box within the box that mm, the miniatures come mm, in as well. Yeah, I thought that's, that's quite really a nice, cool. um, <laughs> where, you know, it, you can almost just take it out and it's his own separate thing. So I thought that yeah. was really cool. Um, I, I must admit, I really like the fact that they've tried to as much as possible with the sprues, keep them separate. Um, mm, because mm. like, for example, um, as you know, one of the, uh, gentlemen on our discord, uh, me and him are, are swapping some of our mm. miniatures, uh via the uh the power of the postal service um <laughs> so so basically he he's sending me his stormcast troops and i'm sending him my uh night haunt uh troops and we're both keeping the uh the heroes basically because he wanted mm. to keep the stormcast heroes which i had no problem with because yeah i don't need them. them i've already got i've already yeah. got them exactly um and now i've got a couple of night haunt ones that you know, they'll come in for a rainy day if I fancy painting them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. what's quite good is that for me to send him all of it, basically all the troops, which obviously makes up the bulk of the the night haunt in there. I only had to cut off about four bits. I was like, chink, yeah. chink, chink. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <'Cause, laughs> yeah, there's all the troops. Because I'm, uh, cause I'm thinking really... back, there is a sprue with the night haunt heroes on it. And then there's one troop sprue that has just the Lord Executioner also on it. That's the only thing you'd need to cut out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what I cut out. Yeah, the Executioner, <laughs> uh, that one, and that was it. So that was dead easy. So mm. and it, so you know, go, again, going back to where we're talk- <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about the uh, you know the the batch issues. They know what they're doing when it comes to putting what models on certain sprues, maximizing that space and mm. things like that. Mm. So no, I, th- I I I said I think for the money. Um, I mean, I bought it from an indie store, um, yeah. so I got it even cheaper. Yeah. It, it's such good value for money. Oh, You're getting yeah. a shed loads of miniatures in there. The, I mean, the core book is awesome, as, as we're going to find mm. out shortly when we <laughs> spend all episode talking about it. And, you know, like I said, it's just the little things they've put in there. Like I said, the dice, you know, we're talking about it. The dice are nice. Like you said, they're mm. not just boring white dice. They're, they're, they're nice. You, you know, yeah, just as a set, I think it's it's lovely. And it sounds sad, but even the inside 
of it. So even the artwork on the inside of the box yeah. is really nice as well. The, yeah. It just feels good. You know, it feels mm. solid. Mm. It feels it's, like a really nice set. Yeah, it's just super high quality. Um, that mm-hmm. said, I have used the sort of the sleeve that covers the whole box for spray painting. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I, I, well, let's be honest. For most pe- for most of us, the, you're probably going to either reuse the box or get rid of it. Um, oh, yeah. because it's, it, you don't really need it after this now, because you, the book goes on the shelf, you, you start building the miniatures and then there's not much left really. Yeah. So yeah. no, it's, 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 like I said, it's, it's, it just oozes quality. It's, yeah. and I, I know they do that anyway, but this particularly, it just feels like they've put it up to a slightly bigger level than some of the other previous box sets. It's just, mm-hmm. it just feels good. So no, I, I, I couldn't really fault <laughs> it in any particular way. I think it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's for, and again, value for money amazing you're getting so much in there and again especially mm. if you buy it from an indie store um so yeah you mentioned the soul wars novel so yeah gone for yeah you? that is a very good book uh it was a bit of a drive to my course um each day and i, I was attending with my mother because we're both music teachers um and honestly she doesn't like me driving for whatever reason um i'm a very good driver i was a little miffed but uh (laughs) whatever mother whatever uh i i took the opportunity to read soul wars um it is it is a really good book guys it's a very good book i enjoyed Mm. it very much it's josh reynolds of course uh who has been doing just some of the best age of sigma work novel wise recently i feel um yeah i'd agree yeah, and it, it's basically the um the side story to the Soul Wars box set because the Soul Wars box set details um the battle for Glim's Forge, sort of the main brunt of a night haunt attack on the city and the defense of the city by the Sacrosanct Chamber um of the Stormcast, and Soul Wars the novel is about what else is going on in the city before and during that time. So it's kind of a slight intrigue, and then it devolves into like an all-out battle near the end and stuff it's really really great um it's just so much so many words so many good characters so much good (laughs) like plot going on on here there's really interesting stuff like i'm being vague as possible because i don't want to spoil this because people should go and read or listen to this themselves it is really good if you're interested in age of sigma if you want to get up to date with what's happening with soul wars go and comprehend this book Get it in you. It's really good. <laughs> Get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there was, there's some stuff that's not super spoilery, but it talks about like, um, Nagash's different aspects because he's eaten all these other different death gods. There are different mini Nagashes running around out there helping him do all the work. <laughs> what a great image. Yeah. Well, it's, and like, they, they take the form of the god that he ate. So there's Nagash, the forlorn child, who is this little kid Nagash who leads lost souls back to their correct underworld. And there's Nagash more because he ate more, the old god of death from the world that was. And that's, mm-hmm. that guy appears with a scythe to defend Shaish from invaders. Like, when Chaos shows up, that version of Nagash appears and starts <laughs> <laughs> basically kicking in the door, going, what are you doing in here? Get out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Nagash. He's, he's, I just, so, I, he's so he's, great. I, I can't take him seriously. Well, I, I, do, I can, because he's mm, a serious character, but there's yeah, that part yeah. of him that's, that's not. Um, mm. And we were talking about it on Discord last night. Um mm. You know, just, just some of the things. He's just, he's such a comic book character at times. I just, I love him. I yeah, absolutely yeah. love Nagash. Well, I mean, like, to, to cement your love, uh, we get to see Nagash's court jester in the book. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he's just a zombie jester, uh, which is really good. 
Um, there, there are a bunch of great undead characters as well. We see setups for maybe future Mordarks for like a Dead Walkers release, perhaps stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of yep. really great stuff. Uh, we see the current Mordarks, not the new one, not the Nighthawk Mordark. We see Arkan and Neferata and uh, Manfred all intriguing with each other. The the usual stuff. Yep. It's just it builds up everything really, really well. There are all these great Nighthorn images that I want to start trying to incorporate into my army, like these special ghosts that I would just use as, like, Tomb Banshees or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there is, because there's a representation of all the new units, obviously, um, there is a Lord Executioner, who is actually a Lady Executioner. She's really, really cool. Nice. Um, yep. And ha- so have you heard of Tarsus Bullhard, I think his name is, the, the Stormcast Eternal that Nagash captured way back in one of the previous books. I don't think I've got to that point yet. I don't, yeah. Nagash hasn't really been in, I'm, I'm, I've just finished, uh, Call of Archaeon, um, yeah, yeah. which is book five, and yeah, so I'm not it, quite there it yet. It might even be in one of the previous Stormcast battle tomes, but the idea is that mm. there was this Stormcast Eternal that Nagash captured, and there's this whole thing going on with that. But before that guy was a Stormcast Eternal, he was this Lord Executioner's uh, husband-to-be. And so, like, her her thing is that in death, her this injustice has caused Nagash to turn her into an avatar of justice and executioner. And, you know, she's always talking about how the Stormcast took her husband away from her, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's really, really great character development with that. And there's, there's all this really good stuff. I love it all. Like, there's, <laughs> you look at the Nighthorn and you're like, oh, they're just, they're just ghosts. I'm like, no, these are, these are proper ghosts. They have thoughts and feelings and they are broken to the will of Nagash, but mm-hmm. they are still full fledged characters. Uh, well, at least the, the, the hero units are. It talks about like how the, the little mob battle line units are just always think the same thing in a circle. Like, they'll do their job. For Nagash. <laughs> they never have really any original thoughts, but like the, the hero kind of units are sentient undead, which is really cool. Nice. No, that's cool. Mm. Right. Excellent. I'm uh, looking, yeah, I must admit, I'm looking forward to reading it. I've, I've got it coming in a few days time because I, I pre-ordered it on Amazon because mm. it was a little bit cheaper. Um, so yeah, I've got that, I've got that cabin in a few days. So that'll be the next uh, novel I read. So no, looking forward mm. to it. Check it yeah. out. Um, and talking of books, which will be the last bit of this little hobby section, is <laughs> you and I have bought opposing battle tomes in the last yeah. couple of days, mm. or yesterday, yeah. uh, for this recording. <laughs> so uh, you bought the Nighthaunt battle tome, the new one, yep, yep. Um, and I bought the Stormcast one. Um, no, not deliberate, we just, because you're collecting Nighthaunt, I'm collecting yeah. Stormcast, so yeah. that's convenient, isn't it? <laughs> so how have you find the Nighthaunt one? Uh, it is a very short battle tome comparatively. Like, I, you look at mm-hmm. it next to, like, the Ideneth or the, even the Daughters of Cain is a bit thicker than it. But there is mm-hmm. tons of really cool stuff in there. Um, like, th- there's all this lore stuff on each of the units and how Nagash... Because Nagash is, from his own point of view, a god of justice. And so he takes these broken souls of, you know, wrongdoers or people that believe they are wrongdoers even and twists them into something tormented for his own purposes. Like, if you died in chains as a criminal, and you were maybe hoping in the afterlife you would be free, no, you come back as a chain chain rasp. You're a ghost in chains. Um, that's his kind of ironic punishment, sense of justice thing. Um, mm-hmm. um, as, as for an army, they are super fleshed out. Oh my god, they have so many units. They have like 11 <laughs> leaders. They've got four or five different battle lines, a few other units. It's 
fantastic for like a brand new army effectively super fleshed out lots of lots of options which all seem really really good like i was looking at the um the weapon relics i was like i want to use all of these relics uh, <laughs> they're all really really good <laughs> um an interesting law uh, an interesting law of spells with some really interesting effects like there's one that you target an enemy unit and they can't retreat if they're in combat, so you can literally lock an enemy unit down in place and stuff like that. Uh, they have six whole allegiance abilities all their own, which is a crazy number of things, and yeah. they're all really good. Um, I think the standout one is if you make an on- unmodified 10 or more roll for a charge, you get to immediately fight, and then in the fight phase you can pile in and fight again. Because it's wow, like this wave good. of ghosts. Yeah, it's really good. Um, uh, they also have like an aura of negative one bravery if you're near them, stuff like that. They've got the usual six plus save if they're near a hero. Um, they're, they're, they're really, really good now, um, which makes me feel a little better because um, the Forge World updates came out and the Mongol got nerfed a little uh, again. Uh, but oh, now it's... Yeah, but it, it, yeah, it, but the thing is, with this battle tone to back it up, because it can be included without having to ally it in, because it's just a night haunt unit, it's going to be really, really good. Like, there's all these amazing options in this book. They're all really, really great. Um, I think, <laughs> I think the only thing that got worst was the uh, the Lord Executioner, because in the Soul Wars box, on a six plus to wound, he gets three damage. And in the battle tome, on an unmodified six to wound, he gets three damage on his attacks. Right. Okay. So you used to be you could buff that up to a five plus or even a four plus, and he'd be getting triple damage. But you can't do that anymore. But it also means like a minus one to wound won't stop him from doing the extra damage. So yeah, and I mean that's a theme across the book. Like things that did mortal wounds on sixes to hit now only do them on unmodified sixes. So like spirit yep. hosts. You can't buff them up with a plus one to hit and just pump out a ton of mortal wounds, but you can send them up against things with negative one to hit and still be okay in doing mortal wounds. Like, yeah, the, the rate doesn't yep. change anymore. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great battle tome. I can't wait to start using it because it seems really fun. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to check it out at your local store? Got some any games? Um, yeah, honestly, I've I've got another week off, so in between timetabling and running D&D and doing all kinds of social things, because my cousin the from Scotland stuff, yeah. is here, yeah, um, I'll see if I can get down to the store and get a game together, because I think I've probably got a thousand and something points with all my previous mm-hmm. Night Haunt stuff rolled in, so hopefully yeah, I can get, nice. get a good game in and see, see what's going on with New Age of Sigma, guys, I'm really excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, actually, talking to points, because I, I think I said to you mm. recently that with the, the Stormcast that come in, Soul Wars, and obviously the, mm. the troops I'm getting um, in the post uh, mm. as part of that swap, I'm, I said I'm up to about 1,500 points. And it's mm. like, wow, mm. okay. I, I don't, that's sort of come out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's quite an a solid. Army. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. So it was, it was surprised because obviously, you know, for a lot of people, you're trying to get to these magic numbers, aren't you? 1500 points, mm. 2000 points. Yeah. And it, it, it sort of feels like, oh, okay, that was straightforward ish. You know, I've sort of like, yeah. wow, I've got 1500 yeah. and it's quite, and it's quite a good, a solid 1500 as well. Mm. Um, mm. because I'll say a lot of the Stormcast there in this box, the, you know, the new Sacrosanct, uh, troops are very solid, <laughs> arguably yeah. better than the old Stormcast. Well, um, yeah. So I've, you know, so ultimately I've still got another 500 points to play with if I want a 2,000 mm. point army. It's mm. really cool. Um, 
Unfortunately, I can't really tell you anything about the new Stormcast Battle Tome because I, it's still in the shrink wrap at the moment. <laughs> because I've literally had no time since buying it yesterday to uh, read it. Uh, yeah. But the one thing I can tell you is it's very beefy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big I was going to say. It, it's, <laughs> it's a massive so Battle Tome. Like, it's just... Like, Seeing it on the shelf next to the Nighthorn Battle Tome is really weird because the Nighthorn Battle Tome feels like less than a third of the size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a bit. I I just felt it was a bit of a shame that they're priced at the same uh, at the same price. Because it's weird. You, yeah. You know, I think because over here they're both twenty five pounds, and you, th- you know when I saw it, I thought, oh, that's a bit thin compared to that. And you think, I know it's not always down to the number of pages, but you mm. know it is literally about half the size. I think page wise, yeah, yeah. It, it's about that. You think, oh. May at least make it twenty pounds or something. Like shave a little bit off it in comparison, yeah. just to just to balance it slightly. But you know, nah, so be it. So got set I've got whatever. I know. I like I said, it's <laughs> just a yeah. I know it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, it's, like I said to you before, it's 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 cool and frustrating because obviously I bought the the previous Stormcast Eternal book, yeah, um, yeah. not that long ago because I thought, well, it's <laughs> going to be something I'm going to want to read at some point. Yeah. Uh, so now it's just a collectible. Um, I, mm. It's funny, actually, when you compare the, the front cover to the previous version to the new one, it is like yeah. night and day. Oh, the, yeah. You know, the previous one with the, you know, you've got the, the Liberator on the front with the sort of nice blue background and, mm. you know, there's daisies growing in the background and things like that. <laughs> Whereas now, it was now you've got this awesome, awesome looking mm. front cover oh, on the yeah. new one. It looks amazing. Yeah. It looks very, very badass. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I can't wait to read it at some point. I'm hoping it's going to expand more on the corruption of the yeah, potential yeah. corruption of Stormcast. Cause again, when we get into the core book, mm. obviously there's mm. a slight reference to, you know the reforging the process and all, yeah, yeah yeah exactly and obviously last episode yeah on episode yeah, nine we spoke yeah. about the you know the potential influence of chaos over the stormcast oh, so i'm um yeah so i'm hoping so, to see what happens um yeah so good read that definitely read that do read soul wars you learn so much there is so much information <laughs> oh, oh, you've got me even more excited now. Oh, you get oh. to see the anvil and everything. It's really cool, actually. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's okay. like, Hype it train. starts down here, the souls go up here, they come out here, and voila, <laughs> we've got a new Stormcast, guys. Ta-da! Ta-da! It's like a pasta maker. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Surprisingly accurate, actually. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> wow. Have you heard of the soul mill? <laughs> no i haven't <laughs> well you're gonna learn about the soul mill <laughs> oh i can't wait oh it's, this is the problem it's just time to time all this i got the core book we got battle tomes yeah. we got novels it's just there's just not enough time <laughs> in the moment to read mm. all this oh man but yeah so i think that's our hobby stuff really isn't it it's yeah. all been soul wars um, yeah Yep. So, um, yeah, so what we'll do is we'll quickly go into the news now, and, and then after we've done the news, we'll have our first break. So, um, I mean, there's probably other bits of news, but again, because we're trying to ah. limit this one, um, we'll, do, we'll talk about the main one, which is Kill Team. Obviously, Kill Team yep. was yep. announced at uh, Warhammer Fest a little while mm-hmm. ago, um, whereas out of the blue, bam, they've uh, officially Da-da-da-da. said it's coming you know we've had trailers mm. and a lot and a lot of information about it cool, um, yeah. and as and what's really cool is it's out at the end of the month as well yeah yeah so not far away so yeah so kill team i mean kill team's been around for you know well uh, in various iterations over the years um mm. whereas this one seems a bit different compared to the other one so 
you know, so if, on the last edition, from what I know, because I, unfortunately mm-hmm. I wasn't in, I didn't collect in seventh edition 40k, but from what I believe, they released it and it was just an add-on. You go, here you go, here's the seventh edition rules, you, and then yeah. you do, it's like a yeah. like a supplement basically to those, and you you can do kill team. Whereas kill team in this version is obviously, you know, will have mm. uh, connections to the current eighth edition 40k rules, but it's almost like it's a, well, it is its own. Box, isn't it? It's its own yeah, game, yeah. effectively. You don't need the eighth edition rulebook, for example. Mm, yeah, you don't need any of that. Oh yeah. Um, all, all, all you're really going to gain is just a bit of things you may already know. Like, oh yeah, I know about mm. those. Yep, that makes sense. Um, it's slightly, <laughs> no pun intended. It slightly overshadows Shadow War Armageddon, yeah. um, which came out in you know in in a limited supply um mm. which was a, a skirmish based game which i feel a bit sorry for that game because a lot of people are quite into it and mm. it sort of got a bit forgotten i've got the rule book actually um myself but uh be interested to see how that compares but uh yeah so what are you what are you thinking about kill team at the moment for what you've seen i think it's interesting like i i'm interested in what i see um two two main points it's i believe being developed by the shade spire team and yeah, that's right. It is played on a very, very, very small board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty two by thirty, I believe, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically two foot by two and a half foot. Um, so literally yeah. ha- a quarter of the size of a normal forty k board or yeah. smaller. Yeah, almost right. almost a sixth, I believe. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is nuts. Well, it's, it's, it's meant. <laughs> I think it's meant because they they want this, as they say, a coffee table approach mm, don't they yeah. where you you can literally play it on your average size coffee table or dining mm. table or well do we definitely play yeah. it on a dining yeah. table oh yeah um because <laughs> you can play it's most really big cool. games on a dining table mm. so yeah no i think it, i think that's really cool to be fair i think mm. i think they're deliberately keeping it away because i suppose again like you said it's the shade spire team obviously shade spire is a very small game oh, you know, yeah. it's got its own yeah. set size you've got you know three to five to seven miniatures per side <laughs> so you know, I think they've obviously tr- and obviously seen that that approach has worked. So I, I can, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think it'll be heavily restricted because, yeah. No. Sorry, I've just seen it on the website. Yeah, it is twenty two by thirty. Um, mm. I can't. I can imagine it'll probably expand a bit more. I don't know if it's going to be. It has to be that amount. It's just that's the the sort of standard size for it. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I what I'm hoping off the back of that is that people will start making their own custom boards and things like that. Yes. I can imagine because of the size yes. of it, you could, it'd be great that you could build your own little, mm. you know, board and even with, um, terrain stuck on it as well. I know a lot of people build terrain to obviously take it off separately. So you're not, you yeah. know, you're not, uh, restricted to it, but you know, what'd be really cool is because of the size of it, you could literally just, you know, you, you drive over to your mates, you know, mm. it's in the back of your car. Here you go. Boom. There we go. There's our, there's our, you know, a board for the night, you know, and you mm. could get really creative with it. So, um, I, I also, and we were saying it before the show as well, that the train looks really cool as well, yep, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, There's the train a lot that you of get really, in the box. So. Really good terrain, a lot of good statues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are actually, yeah, really good stuff. Nice dice and really good statues. That's, oh, yeah. That's oh, summing yeah. up the show so far. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, in the, in, yeah. yeah, sorry, Carol. Yeah, I, I, I was also going to say, we finally got those Space Wolves and Orcs announcements you wanted. Yeah, Guess what? I see people mm. were wanting these, weren't they? People but were wanting these, been... these five-man Space Marine and five-man Orc kill teams. 
Primaris <laughs> Reavers and Burner Boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Which sort of suggests which sort of sounds like it's gonna be a nice lead into the codexes mm. in subsequent months, which I know Hopefully we, we know is coming is. anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it seems a bit convenient if otherwise or a bit of a coincidence. I mean in the actual Kill Team box set, it's I'd be interested to see how much they price it for. Um mm. because it's I mean it's a lovely looking set. So you're basically getting the, the full manual, which will be available separately. Yeah, which is yeah. which I think is a brilliant idea because for people like me who are, would want to play Kill Team but probably won't want the box set because I've probably got everything else. Um the manual is a perfect thing you need there. Um like always mm. you've got a beginner's little booklet, you've got a squad of Skatari, a squad of uh Gene Steeler Cult Neophytes, you've got the uh the card um board which is the like i said the 22 by 30 mm. um you've got a nice set of imperial ruins which look really good which again which will be good in other in you know in normal 40k as well you know so which is obviously what they've deliberately done yeah. um you've got some pre-filled data cards uh you've got some booklets which basically talk about the background as you would expect and then you've got a deck to which is to keep track of all the universal tactics and kill team plus mm. obviously individual tactic cards for the gene steel cults and skatari <laughs> um and then obviously dice and rulers nice dice um yes. i think there's some d there's a d10 in there as well isn't yeah there, I there's believe? a couple of d10s which i'm interested yeah. to see what those will be used for controversial kill team. um mm. And then we've got, you know, obviously you've got some additional terrain as well. Like you've got the Kill Zone uh, Sector Mechanicus, which looks really mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said a minute ago, you've got the starter sets, which is which are coming, which is the Space Wolves and the Orc ones. You've got the Fangs of, of Ulfric and uh, mm. Krog Skull's Boys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, which looks really cool as well. I think, you know, so it's got, you know, it's got that slight mm. Chase by a Necromunda feel to it. You know, where you've got yeah. named teams and things like that i just hope and i don't know if you're the same mm. i hope that it's a system that's built where i've got a squad of whatever you know rubric mm. marines mm. i've got a squad of rubric marines i want to turn them into a kill team i want them to be my own you know individual team yeah. i want to call yeah. them you know um zinch's boys and <laughs> <laughs> I, um <laughs> that you know that you can do that i don't i'm i mean i'm all for the the gangs and the teams and in mm. in these sort of games but i'm i like i'm one of those sort of i'm one of those people where i like my own individual you know i don't yeah i don't want to yeah. play if i want to if i want a space wolf team i don't want to play with the fangs of Ulfric. i want to mm. play with matt's space wolves you know i want to play with those and, <laughs> and name them how i want you know um mm. so is that the same for you would you hopefully they customize yeah. it in that sense yeah hopefully it, it seems like it should be a customizable system because i believe the the point of this is to go buy random boxes of 40k stuff make whatever you want and use it um and we know we know there's like a, a character progression system like within yes, a character's is, yep. role which um there was like a grenadier uh basically level up tree that was shown which hey if i if i can do that with a plague marine with a blight launcher that's really cool because um <laughs> it was like it was like you could either be a flamer specialist or grenade specialist for that particular class of kill team trooper or whatever so that's cool into that um mm-hmm. yep on- honestly my only disappointment in what's been announced so far is that um the f- the first to announce war band kill teams whatever are just repackaged units that already exist like yeah coming I'd... from shade spire like I, I would prefer stuff like that like small squads like that 
could represent whatever, but if you want to make your own, go buy a box of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a shame. But, I, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. It, it's, it's like I said, it's, it is a whatever. It's a, it's a shame, but it's not the end of the world mm. either. Because uh, like you said, you can just end up buying your own and customizing. And to be honest, it'd probably be better for a lot of people because obviously a lot of people want to, will have spare stuff as I posted yeah. on uh, yeah. Twitter. Where I've got some <laughs> spare boxes of random units that I've bought cheap over the mm-hmm. last six months. You know, so they, they're perfect. And this is what, and I, and I said this on, I think it was either on Discord or Twitter that, that, what I think is really cool is for someone like me, who, as you know, anyone that listens, I'm t- I'm terrible at picking up and putting down. I'm, you know, I'm look at that, mm. look at that, look at that. Yeah. You know, I'm always swapping <laughs> between what I like. You know, it's I'm, unfortunately it's part of my personality. But mm. you know, for me, it's great because you know, going back to like the Rubit Marines, you know, I love Rubit Marines. I think they they're gorgeous looking miniatures. I think they mm. they look great. Will I have a Thousand Suns Force in general? No, probably not, because I just probably won't. So for me, this is perfect. It means I can, you know, I've got those Rubik Marines. I can turn them into a squad. I can paint them up. Done. Yeah, you know, it's sort yeah. of, it's, it's win-win, really. I get to have experience building them and making them and get to use them, but I'm not committed mm. to have to build a, you know, a Thousand Suns army out of them, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um I know again, there's some people online that we, you know, that we've spoken to where this will be how they get into it. Um, like, mm. you know, where we were talking, well, I was talking to, um, Adrian on our Discord, you know, he, he's more of a painter than a player, but even he's tempted to get into this, you know, he, cause he's, he's wanting to get into playing, but obviously mm. this is perfect for him. He can, you know, he can start building a little force, a couple of kill teams, you know, get, go to a local, you know, store or gaming club and get into it. So I, I no, I think this is really good. Um, and I'll be honest, on a personal level, for me, this mm. was sort of my bread and butter when I used to play as a yeah. you know, when I was younger a lot. Yeah. As in, I'm I must admit, I'm more into your your smaller games. Um, you know, I played a lot of small battles uh, and like, like a lot of Necromunda, for example. Mm. This is my sort mm. of thing, as opposed to I've got a five thousand point army <laughs> or something <laughs> and have a massive battle. You know, I will. I, yeah. I used to play yeah. those, but I was more into small little games um, mm. just because I find them more convenient and and especially as a you know as a time restrained adult. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just I, no. I, I I'm really I can't wait for this. I think it's really yeah. gonna do well. Uh, I think it's, yeah. and it sounds like they're quite committed to it as well. Yeah, um, yeah, they guaranteed to, they're going to support it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I, I know, I know for a fact that obviously, like I said earlier, Shadow War Armageddon was popular, but just didn't really go anywhere. It was, it was a limited mm. supply, and a lot of people were like, well, well, what happened with it? Um, and also, I think people are th- feeling the same with Necromunda, for example, because mm. I know in a lot of stores, Necromunda isn't as prevalent as it used to be, as in some place, yeah. some stores don't even stock it anymore. You know, you can only buy it on mm. the, the website, and, and obviously if you wanted to play it at your local store, they're not playing it as much, you know. So and I, I'd, it'd be a shame if Kill Team goes that route as well. It'd be nice, yeah. Yeah. But as well as people playing 8th edition 40k and obviously the new edition of uh, Age of Sigmar, it'd be really cool if this is like the other game that people can play, you know, so mm. just as a, as a way of getting into it. But we'll see, you know, we'll let's see. see how they go with it. But yeah. um, one last thing on Kill Team, I'm loving cool. the uh, carry case as well. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, you know what cool that's going to be really good for? What's that? Adeptus Custodes Armies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, when it takes up only about a quarter of it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's, it's like a ten man. It's like a ten model carry case. I'm like, that's a twelve hundred yeah. point army. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's at least a five thousand point Custodes army. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, actually, talking of Custodes, they're not actually in the kill team uh, faction. Yeah, list at the listen. Moment. I mean, elite, that, elite, small fighting forces. Where is my kill team Imperial Knights? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's an armager's leg. <laughs> that's it. Nothing else. I really, I actually really want to see like if this game has good support for like campaign narrative stuff because I can see a really interesting scenario where you get a bunch of the terrain boards, like nine of them, set them up in a big square, and in the middle square is an imperial knight, and your goal is to skirt around the edge squares, fight your enemy, <laughs> and not catch the attention of the knight. <laughs> I think that's it'd be a so cool awesome. idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, to be fair, the, the list of factions that they've named, I mean, whether that'll change in the future, we don't know. But I'm sure they'll the add very... to it. Oh, I'm, they yeah, said, um, I'm sure they said Rogue Trader is going to be like an expansion and exactly. presumably bring a Rogue Trader faction in. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And for anyone else that you know that's listening, is like, oh, I'll, I'll go check this out. There's actually a very good um, Q&A download you can get so if you go to the warm mm. community website and go to the kill team sort of mega page that they've sort of set up at the bottom there's a download q a section and it's very good actually it's quite comprehensive it does clarify quite a few things you know sort yeah. of the sort yeah. of general questions you, that most of us have been asking so yeah go check that out as well um so yeah that'll be it for the the new section again it was just kill team on this one because we want to get on to soul wars <laughs> so oh, this is the the calm before the very very big storm oh, so yes. um so we're going to take a, our first break now because yeah you know, yep. so we're going to need to we need to meditate before we <laughs> crack on with this um so yes yeah, so after the break like i said we're going to start with the uh, the first part of our soul wars coverage and um, we'll be back in a sec And welcome back. It's now the main part of our show time. Whoa. Yes, it's Soul Wars time, everybody. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, yep, like you said, uh, we're going to be devoting the rest of the show to the Soul Wars core book that comes mm-hmm. with the uh, new starter set, or can buy separately. Um, so basically, we're going to cover the three main sections of the lore which the first bit is the different ages, which is Age of Myth, Age of Chaos, etc. Um, then the section after that is we're going to go through the different realms and mm-hmm. get, a, you know, get a bit more detail on those. And then the last part is the all the different factions in the Age of Sigmar as well. <laughs> so that's basically, keep it simple, break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're going to, like I said, go through all that in the core book. Um, we'll cover pretty much all of it but there'll be a few bits we won't but you know it is 200 and something pages so it's it's a big book (laughs) it's a big boy of a book so uh yeah we'll we'll do what we can so we're you know i mean to be fair most a lot of the book is the book is a summary in some way in some ways so we're summarizing a summary (laughs) so, so to speak so you know we'll we'll do what we can so uh so yeah like i said we'll start with the 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 ages um and go from there and then probably take a break in between these different sections as well yeah so let's start let's let's go back in time i feel like i've said that before um probably. <laughs> let's go back yeah <laughs> i think it was last episode actually um think for time we're going to go back to the age of the of myth which mm-hmm. is um sort of basically the first age after the end of the the end times and the yeah, end of the world yeah. that was which is the old warhammer fantasy world um you know 
rest its soul. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so the Age of Myth, like I said, follows the end times, which is often known as the, the great victory of the Chaos mm. Gods, where, well, that, that's a good way of summing it up, really. Yeah, it was a big yeah. victory for the Chaos Gods. <laughs> they did properly uh, take it to everyone else. So I think that's a good way of summing it. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got to imagine now for the, the sort of, the bit from the end times and the end of the world that was to now in, in the what's now the well the age of myth this first one we're talking about there's still a massive gap of time yeah, yeah. we don't know the the amount of time but you know it to the point that the this great victory of the chaos gods has now been forgotten about you know and that that sort of is quite a funny thing to say because you you think of how catastrophic and you know it was literally literally world ending mm. <laughs> the, you mm. know the the end times it so that's in now in the past and all forgotten about. So that yeah, shows you the gap yeah. of time that we're talking about. Um, and to the point where there's barely anyone around left to rem- that remembers this. That's, again, why it's so forgotten. Mm. So, you know, so many generations have appeared since then that, you know, it's, you know, it's, the, it's what the, the old people talk about. Do you remember the end times? <laughs> um, I don't know where that accent came from. Um, so, so now in the age of myth, the focus is now on Sigmar. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, he, his world has been destroyed, as we know. Um, you know, where it, basically the core of the of the world that was is moving through the etheric void, um, heading towards the mortal realms. It's like you mm. know, just like a yeah. comet hanging, you know, yeah. firing through the. That's probably the best way of looking at it. And, mm. you know, and basically the, the mortal realms, as we know them, they're a set of realities made from the energies of the, you know, the, of the world that was, you know, it's, yeah. it's dreamy weemy. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it, <laughs> uh, like we've said multiple times when it comes to the age of Sigmar as a, as, as a whole and the mortal realms mm. rules are out the window, you know, just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really yeah, the best exactly. way of looking at it. It's, you know, just, just accept it. It's the way things are. So, yeah, so it's the realms are, like I said, a set of these realities. Now, at this point, Sigmar is sort of clutching on to the world that was mm. in probably in like a fetal position. Yeah. <laughs> so I would imagine. That's how I imagine it anyway. Mm. Um, and he's basically woken by um, Dracothean, um, which is the great Drake, mm-hmm. a big big dragon um so he basically spots uh the world that was this huge ball of sigmarite which is basically <laughs> what the the old world is uh mm. made of and and what's quite cool is that he was going to use it drachthian was um going to use it to basically admire so he was yeah. basically going to take because it was oh shiny he's like a magpie basically <laughs> he's, he's, he's just going to gra- grab the world that was and just go oh i'll just pop it up in there i put it mm. put it on my mantelpiece there we go yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and then, like I said, as he's as he's about to grab it, he notices that Sigmar is there busy holding on to it. Like I said, he's like, no, no, don't take my world that was. And um, he sort of, you know, I, I suppose in essence sort of sees that, you know, he sort of, he, I suppose, detects the good in Sigmar. Um, mm. As such, he realises, because Drakthian is, you know, he's a, in quote marks, a good entity. You know, he's <laughs> he's on the, the side of order in a manner of speaking um so basically he sees a good in sigmar and decides to take him on a grand tour as you yeah. as you do uh, he's <laughs> hey come over sigmar come on look i'll show you so he basically shows him the eight different realms and and basically sigmar uses this time to to explore and sort of i don't know get a grasp of things it's mm. probably the best way of looking at it um i mean to be fair he's gone from being on a hurtling world and comet <laughs> they're being brought down onto the realms and sort of you know slap him in the face like come on wake up sigma come on <laughs> get with it um 
so yeah so he like i said he he basically explores the lands just like i said just get mm. no pun intended get a lay of the land to, yeah, yeah you know basically assess sort of where <laughs> things are at who's still around because again it's it's all over the place and, and like i said earlier a lot of time has passed so you know he, he, anything could have happened in this time so he's mm. just trying to see where thing how things have settled and you know as part of this process he he basically helps the various people human or humanoid tribes that he comes mm. across yeah. um as you know being a being a good god you know <laughs> just sort of basically you know teach them how to use fire how to fish yeah how yeah. to build villages and city mm. you know just just general uh survival and and civilization um and you know and obviously because of that he become the tribes treat him as their god um, yeah, yeah. Because um, again, in these early days, there's not really any other gods around. Well, they are, but they're sort of <laughs> either in hiding or <laughs> doing other things. So he's sort of, I suppose this sort of, wouldn't you say, Cameron? This sort of, he he, he takes this to his advantage, really, because he suppose he's because mm. he's one of the first there. He can sort of, I don't know, get his foot into things. Yeah. Well, it, it's not even that he's the first there. He's just the first to be out and about. <laughs> mm. That's what I mean. He's the most the first active one. I'd yeah, say. Yeah. Out of all of them, um, just sort of quite convenient for him, really. Um, so yeah, so imagine, you know, over time you've got this huts to cities <laughs> situation. Yeah, um, beginning. Yeah, basically. So uh, he then and sort of expanding on what we we're just saying, he then starts awakening the other gods. You know, he's mm. sort of he's he's getting he's getting his Avengers together now. Um, you know, he's he's starting to create a pantheon of of the gods. So, mm. which turns to be out to be quite a mixed bag for him, really. <laughs> you know, so he's coming across these various gods. So, for example, he comes across um, Grungni, the Great yep. Maker, which yep, is one yep. of the um, Dwardin gods, dwarf mm. gods, um, and also comes across uh, Grimnir, the Furious, which is the mm. the, the Fire Slayer. Dwarven yeah. god, or Dwarden god. Um, he also comes across Malarian of the Shadow mm. Realm. Malarian is what used to be Malekith from the uh, from the Dark Elves. Yep, yep. It um, comes across everyone's favourite boy, Nagash, the Great yeah. Necromancer. Obviously, <laughs> okay, he's always going to be there. Uh, you got Ariel, the Ever Queen, which is yep. the, the Sylvaneth god, ex Wood Elf type situation. Mm. Yeah, um, and even comes across Gorkamorka, which is yeah. the <laughs> you know the, the orc god um and that involves a, a for example it involves a mountain duel between the yeah. two of them you know because yeah. <laughs> you know that's to be expected because obviously basically oh, sigmar yeah. you got get <laughs> allows gork and morka to to escape and uh i think i think from what i remember reading he doesn't he i think gork and morka punches drachthian i think yeah, or something yeah. on those lines. He punches he him, and obviously Sigmar angers Sigmar. Mad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to my mate? <laughs> so uh, yeah, as you imagine, Gorkamorka, the orc god who just loves mm. punching and and fighting. So, um, but you know, because he's starting this uh, pantheon of gods, the other gods give Sigmar various gifts. Uh, you know, just basically say thanks, thanks for mm. you know, thanks for getting me out of trouble because that's basically what he's doing. He's going around um, getting him into this, you know, this super team basically, um, and sing- <laughs> assembling <laughs> the Avengers. God. Exactly, the <laughs> Avengers of the gods, and basically Sigmar uh, take, chooses Azir to be his realm. Is of all the different realms, he's like, yeah, I like that. You know, bit of wallpaper. <laughs> you know, put it. It will look really nice, <laughs> and so chooses his ear. 
Mm. So, as you'd imagine, the Pantheon doesn't last particularly long because, well, look at look at the people involved. Well, look at the gods involved <laughs> in this. Let's be honest. This is not the mm. you know this is you know like when you're watching Avengers or any of those sort of movies or things. You know when you got when you've got. But mm. traditional bad guys in quote marks joining yeah. the good guys you're thinking yeah. this ain't gonna last long <laughs> <laughs> he's only doing this for you know to get to get an upper hand and that's basically sort of what happens mm. um because you know they start in fighting i mean obviously gorka morka for example is uh unruly at the best of times yeah. nagash yeah. has got his own agenda <laughs> he's mm. you know um malarian you know, again, you know, let's be honest. He used to be, like I said, he used to be Malaketh, the, mm. you know, the uh, of of the Dark Elves. He's not, you know, he's not uh, sin free himself. Um, <laughs> so, just you know, just look at it that way. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't. It, the Pantheon starts coming coming apart at the edges. Um, you know, it's, tensions are starting to brew up. Um, but the problem is that at this point, as well as his Pantheon. Mm. Sort of coming apart. Another pantheon is <laughs> starting to, you know, brew brew in the uh, in the in the oven, so to speak. Mm. So, mm. and he and basically Sigmar doesn't see it coming because obviously the chaos yeah. gods are sort of on on the horizon. <laughs> they always so are. as always they uh, they can't they can't help themselves, can they? They always got to keep getting nah. involved. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the ages the the ages this age of myth is a is a murky time of it's all about legends mm. and great things. So yeah. it's quite you know in in the grand scheme of things, even though there's a few negatives in it, it's actually a, a time of change and a time of progression. Mm. I would say, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, tribes are, are you know are progressing, they're learning new things. You know, the the gods that were sort of hidden or trapped mm. are now you know coming to the forefront. You know, you've basically got situations like, for example, Gorka Morka is out taming the wilds. Mm. Um, Sigmar found, um, you know, the, the, the two Dwarden gods, he found them in the Iron Mountains. Um, mm. So Grungni joined him. So, yep, yeah, thank you very much. I'll be part of your team. And like Grimnir, for example, the, the Fire yeah. Slayer one, basically, what, <laughs> I think it's really cool. He wanted a target. He's like, right, who do you want me to kill? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 sorry, I've just, I've just freed you. That's fine. You know, just be part of my team. No, no, who, who have I got to kill? <laughs> so, so Grimnir decides yeah. to take on uh, Volcatrix, who's the mother mm. of Salamanders, yeah. um, and gets oh, into a massive man. fight. I mean, the, the artwork in the book is amazing. You can see this sort of mm. photo. Well, it's not photo. So it's art, it's art, <laughs> artist impression. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wrong terminology. Artist impression. That's <laughs> yeah. a yeah. way to describe it. So, of, of them, they, they basically have a massive fight with with neither oh, Volcatrix or Grimnir sort of backing down it's it is yeah. a, a glorious thing to see actually so if you ever see the core book go check mm. that art out because it's oh. amazing i'm just um, looking at it it's oh man it's so good <laughs> it's just it's so aesthetically good it's like you know grimnir swinging his axes around he's a big flaming dwarf there's a big flaming salamander for scale <laughs> there are dragons you know how you normally have birds for scale they have dragons for scale <laughs> exactly that's just <laughs> It is. I mean, and that's one thing you'll find throughout all of the book. It's awesome. Like some of the oh, okay. the artwork in there, it is it is gorgeous. It's worth seeing, worth reading, and seeing these the bits that are slightly mm. outside of the main law topics. You know, there was just giving you hints of certain like cities and things like that. I so said definitely, yeah. de- definitely try to absorb it because it's 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 some good oh, stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so again, as part of this progression, uh, huge, like I said, huge cities were built. Uh, mm-hmm. Like for example, you have got Elixir, which is Grugni, Grugni's, um 
city. It's, you know, you can hear the sounds of blacksmithing and, mm. you know, things like that. It's a very, yeah, blacksmith orientated city. <laughs> you've got, <laughs> you've got, uh, Theria in the Jade Kingdoms, which is, um, sort of connected to Ariel, um, which mm. is all flower, fl- <laughs> I don't I was going to say flower magic, but that's sort of how it puts it. It's all flowers oh, yeah. and magic everywhere. That's sort of, yeah. you know, how it's, <laughs> how it's been created. You've got um, the people of Grimnir. Um, his people are busy at hunt, hunting monsters. Uh, even the Gash's place is in order. You know, what I mean, it's it's in a like I said, mm. it's a, it's a good time <laughs> before yeah, before yeah. the bad comes yet again. It's a it's a good time to to be in. You know, there is a lot of um, evolution and things like that. Um, you know, you've got basically travelers that are managing to go to places mm. they never went to before. You've got the like the crystal spires of Thrents, the sky mm. bridges of Nur. Uh, for example, mm. you know things like that. It's just the, you know, it's a an, an a time of exploration. You know, yeah, it's sort of yeah. it's because there's not enough, there's not much bad out there at this point, or at least it's self-contained <laughs> to a degree. Yeah, so you know, this yeah. this is where they've got the opportunity to do this sort of thing. So you know, you can. This is where previous locations are being, yeah, being founded basically. Mm. Um, and it also makes a point about what Sinesh is up to at this point. So, yeah. Oh my um, God, I Sinesh, love this art so much. <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? You, you know, so basically Sinesh, you know, after feeding on all the souls, all the elven souls from the world that mm. was, as we've said to him in previous shows, he's, you know, he's chained and trapped by Tyrion and Teclis. So he's basically stuck in between the, the, the realms of light and shadow. Um, and basically you've got, you know, the Sineshi followers are struggling without their God, um, mm. you know, they just, they're like, where is he? What's he doing? We don't know what to do. We can't find him. <laughs> so, you know, so you, which is good. So again, as part of this progression and evolutionary time, you know, Sinesh, even he is not really up to much. He can't do anything. You know, he's mm. just being, he's being treated to, you know, to sylphan, um, souls out of him <laughs> basically yeah. so at this point. Yeah. So yeah, you, you know, everything's good, but, everything's um, dandy. <laughs> exactly. But as we know, things don't, end up being dandy for a long time no. um and that's when the uh, cameron the age of chaos comes along yeah here's my bit i'm chaos cameron here to tell you about the age of <laughs> chaos <laughs> um yeah so um you know we've got these beautiful eight realms all orbiting each other in perfect harmony they're each attuned to a different kind of magic everyone's happy everyone lives healthily people keep forgetting there's nine realms mm, there's the, there there's the realm of there's the realm of chaos um <laughs> Which no one ever seems to remember about, mostly because I don't think anyone goes there. Uh, at least not willingly. I wouldn't. No. no. Um, it, it looks interesting. There are a lot of teeth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's never a good thing, is it? Yeah. No. Um. So the realms of chaos, the, or the realm of chaos, I should say, sort of exists around the model realms. It's sort of in these pockets around it. Each god's carved out their own place. You've got. Nurgle's Garden, Zinch's Impossible Fortress, Corn's Brass City, I believe it is. Um, well, Slash had a palace. I'm not sure if it's still if it's still there or if it only exists when Slash is able to actually occupy it. Uh, even the Horned Rat has uh, Skaven Blight, the city, just hanging out in the void. Um, but Sigma forgot about all this because he was a very busy man. Uh, well, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, God. <laughs> so yeah essentially for for a long time the chaos gods didn't sort of um affect the model realms which was 
also partially why Sigma wasn't bothered with them because he thought their influence might be gone. Just for for a really long time, just the fact of the realms being like that, being these realms of purely aligned magic of one type, really sort of stymied efforts to infiltrate the minds and hearts of the people. But, you know, sooner or later, they started getting in there subtly. You know, um, schemers start praying to try and get their, you know, get their ploys to work, and someone or something answers their prayers. Uh, um, so, you know, in Shimon's Hanging Valley, so this, presumably, a series of valleys hanging in the sky in the realm of metal, suddenly Zinch just grants the wishes of 99 viziers and magi all at once, and everything <laughs> goes nuts, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> like, in Ulgu, so in the realm of shadow, people get bored really, really easily, believe it or not, when everything's all doom and gloom. And so, so, yeah, I know, and so worship of Slanesh starts trickling in because there's nothing better to do than, you know, <laughs> pray to the dark gods, effectively. Some people just do crossword, but they're like, no, let's, let's pray to well, Slanesh. you know, you, you do, you know, what's X across, oh, it's darkness again. You know, you do that for <laughs> yeah. the 53rd time, it gets boring, you know? <laughs> Is there any other words for doom <laughs> and gloom? Yeah. Um, o- over in Gyron, the realm of life, Nurgle actually started getting a foothold when different tr- factions there started getting really competitive. And it started when the Warlocks of the Seventh Mulch brewed a cauldron of pox to poison the lands of their rivals so that they could say they had a bigger harvest. Um, mm-hmm. Which is actually really cool. It's like, it's, it's this natural human, or humanoid, I should say, I guess, because all the different races were involved. This competitiveness and willingness to better yourself and explore new things, which is causing chaos to creep back in. Um, <laughs> other, other people in Gairon actually started worshipping the Great Horned Rat because they had rat plagues and they were praying for deliverance and it worked for a while and then the next season they all drowned because all these rats spawned because of course they were playing praying to the great horned rat but (laughs) wrong god you know yeah but slowly but surely chaos starts creeping in but the the big the big breaking point is actually the realm of fire because the thing about the realms is they affect the people who live there, like, not only physically, but also mentally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so people from actually are hot-tempered. They're flameheads, effectively. Um, <laughs> and b- because of this, they're super, they're super competitive. So, like, Sigma, in an attempt to presumably stop this from working for chaos, like, taught civilizations there to become, you know, competitive athletically to do these great sporting competitions and hunting competitions and things to sort of get that extreme of emotion and desire for violence out in a safe way. But some people just couldn't stick to that. And so the worship of corn slowly spread across, actually, to a point where a warlord, whom you might, re- might recognize from the last edition of the game, Korgos Kool, uh, <laughs> came, came into prominence and just started killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically um, what he does. If you read any yeah. of the Realmgate war books, that's basically what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a really great paragraph here that I might just read, which is um the yeah, intense violence. It. Yeah, the intense violence of that time reached such dizzying peaks that reality was stretched to breaking point. Corn's hot breath thinned the veil in his anticipation of the red work to come. Then one fell night, the demons of the Blood God broke through from the realm of chaos, invading the Great Parch amidst a maelstrom of magic. 
For whole generations, the once fertile and painstakingly irrigated lands ran with rivulets of gore. That is... That, that is, is nice. the point. <laughs> it, it, it's effectively like there was chaos corruption a little tiny bit everywhere, and then this one guy just goes nuts. You know, starts slaughtering an entire realm to the point where corn just is actually able to gently break through and just release all these demons all of a sudden. Uh, and that is the beginning of the Age of Chaos. Um, but, you, you know, a, a little bit of corn incursion probably wouldn't be enough to totally topple the forces of order or this pantheon of order, effectively. But, but, um, you know, as you said earlier, the gods don't always get along. You, you're like, it's the obvious bad guys joining. And from my point of view, it's just like, I, I look at two people, I'm like, why are you friends? You are nothing <laughs> like each other. You have nothing in common. <laughs> Hopefully you don't say that about us. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I know we chose uh, Night, Night Haunt versus Stormcast earlier, but yeah, that was just, that was just pure luck. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, but, you know, Ilariel's been out and about helping in different realms, helping civilizations to grow by introducing new methods of farming, introducing new plants and things. But while she's been away, Nurgle has been influencing her people and, you know, causing Gairan to begin to rot away from the core, effectively. Um, and she, you know, went back to Gairan, but it was already too late. And she was so, so sort of profoundly angry and guilty that she just began to decline mentally and blamed Sigma for this. She sort of retreated into the most remote areas. She locked herself away, did her best to start purging the infection. But I mean, we all know how that goes. Gairan's still under attack by Nurgle to this day. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gorkamorka was never really part of, the, part of the Pantheon by choice anyway. Um, and, and here's the story about how, uh, Sigma, uh, met him actually, which was he'd been freed by Sigma when, uh, Sigma and Dracothian found him trapped inside a living glacier of primordial ooze, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh, and Sigma and Dracothian break him out and Gorkamork is so angry at being caged up for so long that he just hits Dracothian over the, fe- over the head. Uh, Sigma gets angry, of course, and they fight each other for 12 days until <laughs> the dust settles <laughs> And they both just start laughing their head off because they're like, yeah, neither of us back down for 12 days. You're all right. You're all right. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because Gorkamork is a little unstable at best, Sigma just sent him off into the realm of Gur to hunt the biggest beast there were to sort of try and stabilize the, 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 um, the realm effectively. And it was this enormous centuries-long rampage that Korn looked on and was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I want part of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Korn, like, looks a little closer, like, wait, you're doing that for who? Sigma told you to- <laughs> Sigma told you to do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Whose side are you really on? Yeah. I'm laugh, um, <laughs> and and it's, it's a little unclear here, but potentially from the influence of Korn, uh, Gorkamorka was just sitting in politics one day. You know, they had the godly council. Um, Sigma was bringing forth a new order to irrigate the fields or something. Who knows? And Gorkamorka just goes nuts, starts yelling, st- stomps off and starts killing everything. Um, he can't take it anymore. Uh, he starts the great war that goes from one side of the cosmos to the other. So he's just mm-hmm. rampaging across everything. Um, Grungni owed Sigma a great debt apparently and so worked for yep. him for a long time um and 
So, Grumni knows or knew, because it's unclear exactly what's happened to him, uh, that dwarves do best, or Dwarden do best, um, under hardship. Yeah. Uh, you know, peril is the father of success. So when, you know, chaos starts attacking the dwarven mountain kingdoms and the dwarves are fleeing into the skies, he hardens his heart and he ignores them because he knows that it will be good for them. And it is, because they become the fire slayers and they become the Karadron overlords. Mm-hmm. Like they they become stronger, they become they become more intelligent. They invent new things, but they start holding a grudge against him because they prayed and they prayed, and Grungni never answered them. He was busy doing things for Sigma, and he was mm-hmm. telling himself that the Dwarden are better off without me. And in the end, Grungni assembles six smiths, uh, these sort of giant mechanical constructs, to take over his work. And fades away because the one thing that this smith god can't fix is his own broken heart. Um, <laughs> which is actually kind of sad, honestly. Um, yeah. Uh, and from there he faded into legend, for it was beyond his ability to mend the wound in his mighty heart. Not even the most intrepid Dwarden explorers know where he is now. Oh, which is kind of sad, to be honest. Yeah, it's poor. Poor little he's guy. A, he's a really good god, actually. I mean, because he, he contributes mm. heavily to the Stormcast Eternals. And oh, how yeah. they exist uh, mm, as part of the exactly. reforging and things like that. So it's mm. it's amazing how different the Dwarden gods are compared yeah. to each other. You got I mean, one. Yeah. You got one that <laughs> you know. You got one that's sort of like the better off without me. No, don't look at me. And then you got you know Grimnir is like, who am I going to fight? <laughs> it's yeah. like you got one yeah. one mega confident and one very mm. unconfident. <laughs> yeah, uh, and at this point, Grimnir is already dead because when he was fighting Volcatrix the the mega salamander they both destroyed each other and just exploded yeah, in, in essence yeah yeah yep. um little god meteors everywhere um <laughs> uh Tyrion and Teclas were really happy to find Sigma and happy to find some of the few still living elves in Azir uh mm-hmm. you know they worked with him for a long time they trained uh the Azirans in military acumen and athletics and philosophy and science and magic but once they found out about Slanesh, they just started spending less and less time with Sigma. They're just like, look, I- I'm sorry, I'm- it's a Monday night, I'm busy, Sigma, I can't. I can't hang out with <laughs> yeah. you. I can't come I've over got- for Netflix. <laughs> I've got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, then in Malarian's case, uh, he was already planning to split away from the Pantheon. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he felt he owed Sigma something, and so he had created this gift, which was the Gladiatorium. It's sort of this many-layered illusion arena that is so convincing that Azerite warriors train there, fight all day at full pace, and can even kill each other in there, but walk out unhurt at the end of the day. That's right. Yep. Uh, and this is, and Malarian's like, dude, this is a massively valuable gift. You're going to have the best warriors in existence. I'm done. See you guys. I've got things to do. Bye. Tyrion Techless. <laughs> Tyrion Teclas get in the car. We're going Slanesh <laughs> hunting. <laughs> I mean, effectively. Um, yeah, that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Nagash and Sigma kind of actually had the strongest bond, which was interesting because they both really recognized that, uh, first off, each of them were probably the strongest of the, of the current gods. And Definitely. they also recognized that there was this massive need for order. And the thing is, without Nagash's undead servants, the age of uh, myth would not have had anywhere near the civilization expansion that you spoke of. Because you're like, they're building cities and stuff. Like, they're not they're not building cities. Sigmar is leading people into the middle of nowhere, and there is just a city there. It's just already <laughs> yeah. there. 
Because yeah. Nagash is having skeletons build cities all across the realms mm-hmm. for Sigma. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, um, the tribes that came upon empty towns and cities ready for settlement did not ask too many questions. Because you don't want to know where your houses <laughs> came from. <laughs> I went up awfully quick. Yeah, we got yeah. some builders in. Don't ask about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, once Chaos Forces start attacking, Nagash, you know, priorities, prioritizes the defense of Shaish, naturally, as he should. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. cities kind of just stopped being built. Um, Archeon sees this and mass invades Shaish uh, by getting all these barbarians in different realms to kill each other. Uh, They fight to the death, they drown themselves in lakes of blood, or they slay each other in ritual combat, and he floods the underworld of Shaiish with all these chaos-aligned souls, which is actually really funny. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, Archeon, with his own elite bodyguards, the Vanguard, sort of come in, along with some Skaven and with some demon legions, and make this massive army that Nagash needs to drop everything to stop. Um, and, you know, Nagash eventually does beat them back, but Sigmar never came to help him, and, uh... Nope. Nagash is unhappy about this. Uh, eventually we get to a, a battle at the All Points, which is an area where there's realm gates to each realm. Uh, and Nagash's legions and Sigmar's hosts are sort of fighting chaos there. But Nagash is really angry, and so he has sort of a fit of, uh... A, he has a bit of a tantrum. <laughs> uh, which involves all his forces turning on Sigmar's forces... Yeah, uh, which Sigma gets really angry about. Uh, he goes to try and find Nagash and just can't find him. <laughs> um, duh, duh, duh. And you know, at th- at that point, Sigma goes to find Nagash, so Sigma's not fighting at the all points, and so the battle is a hundred percent lost there. Yeah, absolutely. So Archeon is end, like, there ends their friendship. <laughs> yeah, Archeon is like, it is ready. It is time. I'm gonna get this done. Yep, it's chaos time, everyone. And then we come to the Battle of Burning Skies. Yes. What a name. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, at this point, this chaos thing's getting to be a real problem, you know? (laughs) It's getting difficult. Um, They're just everywhere. Chaos are like cockroaches, you know? They pop up everywhere. You can't get rid of them all. Where's the chaos exterminator? <laughs> the thing? chaos exterminator. We do with woodworm and chaos. <laughs> woodworm rats and demons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, does man. that include Skaven? <laughs> Who knows at this point? Um, but, you <laughs> know, uh, Sigmar's been thinking about this for a long time. How do I defeat all these demon hosts? How do I defeat all these mortal worshippers? I'm basically unstoppable in person, but... You know, I'm still, I'm still one dude, you know? Every Mm -hmm. time I secure a lasting victory somewhere, a dozen other places fall to chaos, you know? Uh, I just, I just can't do everything myself. Uh, the Pantheon's starting to break up, you know, and the gash isn't returning my calls anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Just one dial time. (laughs) D. Uh, and, you know, whole cities and nations and even sort of sub-realms, these continents that cover a large portion of each realm are just falling to chaos because they they just can't stand alone. You know, the armies of Azir can't get there fast enough. And there are these four greater demons called the Tetrarchs of Ruin, which is such a good album title. <laughs> oh, that is <laughs> such a... Yeah. When we release our metal mm. album, that's oh, what yeah. we're going to call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
these are these are uh, more or less the the Forge World greater demons because we've got Angrath, the Exalted One. Uh, so mm-hmm. Sigmar casts him down and destroys all his armies. He hunts yep. the Great Unclean One, Feculox, to a city of branches in Gyran and follows this trail of slime before dealing a debilitating blow. Uh, a Lord of Change named Kiathanus, uh didn't want to fight directly, but sort of just trapped Sigmar in a massive maze. But Sigmar eventually broke his, broke his way out. Uh, <laughs> I guess a maze only works if you want to actually follow it. Uh, <laughs> True, yeah. Good point. Yeah, uh, Luxus, the Keeper, uh, obviously a Keeper of Secrets, attempted to seduce Sigma with sort of worldly <laughs> things. But Sigma was like, I don't know, I've been, I've been around for a while, Chaos has I- kept offering me these things, and you know, yeah. I don't think it, don't think it's a good idea. It's, uh, <laughs> I could just imagine, like, this Keeper of Secrets is like one of those door-to-door salesmen. Mm, like, yeah. you know, when they, you know, when you open the door, you're like, oh, look, I know how this works, you're gonna try and sell me something, look, I've told you, yeah. your friends, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um but you know we, it, sigma's defeated all these four greater demons and archaeon sees an opportunity and he spends decades getting them all together and getting them all on side he's like listen guys i, I got this we can do this um they've been beaten when they were apart but they would become unstoppable together yeah teamwork all four gods <laughs> makes the dream together. makes the dream work yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Um, and so they each bring their hosts into Akshi's fire, endless fire planes, um, to meet an army of Sigmars. So Archeon has this army that blackens the earth. Sorcerers are rent- have wrenched open this massive rift in the air directly to the realm of chaos where all these demons are just spilling out of. Uh, but Sigma has brought 12 mortal tribes of Bellicos, sort of nomads and barbarians that have been fighting chaos for centuries. There are, you know, Dwarden, there are elves, there are even orcs and undead still hanging out as well. Like some of the followers of Nagash and Gorkamorka are still around to help effectively. Um, and you know, th- this is the Battle of the Burning Skies. It is called that because it's held in actually the Realm of Fire and, you know, the, the burnt dead just choked the skies with ash continually. Um, Nagash didn't commit his full strength. He was like, oh, I don't know, Sigma, I've been burned before. Um, <laughs> so Nagash didn't show up himself, but he brought all these zombies and skeletons. Gorkamorka was like, yeah, this is a pretty good fight. Uh, I'm <laughs> just starts it. clubbing everything. Um, Teclis starts burning away foes with, you know, this banishing light. And Sigmar is always at the front, sort of decimating this army. But there's always more of them. There's always more, no matter always. what he does. He charges forward seven times and he keeps being beaten back charges forward for the eighth time and the four tetrarchs of ruin appear to attack him uh and sigmar is like well okay i'll take care of that everyone else has to fight everyone else for me though it's Um, fine i've got got my hammer it's fine yeah i've got my hammer um but they still wouldn't fight together so it's like there are these four greater demons they're all attacking sigmar at the same time but they're not working together properly like they're Mm -hmm. not taking advantage of the opportunities they're laying out um and you know archaeon rides out is like, okay, listen, clearly you guys aren't getting the job done. I have to do this myself. It's like, hey, Sigmar, I'm over here. I'm going to come get you. I'm going to come get you. <laughs> that <laughs> it's it's a, what it was. That, that's what the historians <laughs> say. That was his exact words. Um, because, Sigmar, and like, come get and me. Sig- <laughs> and like, Sigmar doesn't want to get into close combat with this guy because he knows that Archeon's sword can even kill gods uh, if he gets a good hit in because... 
uh, a, a little little aside, Arcane Sword, the Slayer of Kings, is basically just a demon that can eat you whole if it hits you, mm-hmm. if you're unlucky. Um, which is re- represented his rules and is real real nasty. Uh- <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's probably com- he's probably making comparisons. He's like, oh, hang on, my weapon only kills kings. Yours kills yeah. gods. You know, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but Sigmar doesn't want to get too close, so he throws the hammer, uh, in sort of Thor fashion, and this is one of Sigmar's biggest mistakes. Because he yes. didn't throw the hammer at Archeon, he threw the hammer at an illusion of Archeon directly in mm-hmm. front of the portal into the realm of chaos. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Garamaz just kind of gets hurled through space and time. <laughs> Forever. Ooh, there it goes. <laughs> it's always space and time with the mortal realms. Yeah. Unfortunately. You know, goes goes into the realm of chaos, goes out of the realm of chaos into a different realm, through a different realm, through a different realm, and eventually gets stuck in Anvrok, a dense magic area in the realm of Shamon, the realm of metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sigmar is like, ah, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, awkward. Um... I can't believe I've done this. Uh <laughs> Because a, a lot of Sigmar's power is tied up in his hammer. Like, Sigmar burns yep. with, with belief and energy from the world that was, but all that image was invested in Sigmar's hammer. It's his war hammer. It is literally the the image and the name of the game. Um, yep. Inclusion of style. And, and without it, Sigmar is very weak, and he, he keeps fighting, but he gets pushed back, and he gets pushed back, and he gets pushed back, and there is no winning this fight now. You know, there's still these four greater demons. There's still Archeon with the sword that doesn't let you get into close quarters combat with him because you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And Sigmar has no other option. He retreats to Azir and seals all the gates, you know? Um, and he gives up being a militant warrior god and starts becoming a monarch. Um, and he is a ruler instead of a, a warrior at this point. And he just spends years going, ah, oh, fuck, I can't believe I did that. Can't believe I've done this. Sort of slowly so getting stupid. less and less, slowly bringing his anger down to the point where he can think clearly about things. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and that is that is really the uh, the the worst moment in the age, in the history of uh, Age of Sigma, the game during the Age of yep. Chaos. Sigma yep. fucked up big time, guys. Yep. Not good. Yeah. Oops. Um, and, and what follows is the Chaos Gods go nuts. They go, oh. Sigma just cut himself off. We can do whatever the hell we want. Um, <laughs> Party boys. <laughs> they rampage like Zinch takes over Shaman. Slanesh's forces just go basically ever everywhere. Corn takes over most of Akshi. Nurgle takes over most of Gyran. They they do whatever they want. They do whatever they can. And Archeon is like, yeah, I won. <laughs> I did everything I wanted. <laughs> I'm in charge of this new universe. Um, and it just stays like that for a long time. The mortal realms are an awful place to live in for <laughs> yeah. several, yep. uh, several centuries at the very least. Uh, again, we don't have many specific time frames. No, we just so. know it's a long, it's a long time for, you know, seven out of eight realms to be under siege by chaos with no aid from Sigma. Um, but we do eventually get a reprieve in, uh, all together now. The Age of Sigma. Da, da, da. We're here. Title of the game, guys. Exactly. <laughs> here we are. It's everyone's favorite age. It's Age of Sigma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as, uh, this is where we are as of now. So there's, but there's a bit of, obviously, a fair bit of history before we get to current day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, 
Sigmar uses the time in between to, like you said, to vent a bit, to you know, think <laughs> a bit. You know, it's a bit of bit of Sigmar time. Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> uh, uses the time to get his <laughs> to plot his revenge and vengeance. And then Retreats this is where Sigmar we cave. Yeah, <laughs> Sigmar cave. Yeah, it's what it yeah, is. He, yeah, it's exactly. Sigmar like, and everything. Yeah, I just imagine he's driving around in the Sigma mobile, um, and just just driving around, just long drives, just with himself. Uh, and <laughs> I just imagine what his butler would be called. Anyway, <laughs> so Sigma uses the time to get his revenge and vengeance, um, and this is where he thinks, you know, what would be cool? Um, mm. I think we need some poster boys for mm-hmm. this. Um, I think I need my uh, my super force. And this is where mm-hmm. we get the creation of the Stormcast Eternals, everyone's oh, favourite. Yeah. Here we go. So, yeah, so with the help of, as we mentioned earlier, the help of uh, Grungni, um, mm-hmm. this is where we get the Stormcast Eternals. The, the warrior, their warriors reforged from light and, and basically used, you know, used lightning to carry them down to the, to the battlefield. Um, and they're sent to the, the gates of Azir because um, mm. basically they can't, be, they can't be opened by just one side. So, yeah. so basically, yeah. the main purpose of the Stormcast Eternals is quite quite obvious, really. They're created to <laughs> slay chaos. <laughs> That's their primary uh, mo. Uh, you, you know, using their plated armor and their sigmarite hammers and swords. You know, based, which is literally, literally forged from or created mm. from the world that was. Because that's pure sigmarite, so they just just chips a bit off. Here you go. Here's a hammer for you. Um, you know, which which basically shocks chaos because ultimately they, re- you know, because they're so in having so much enjoyment and rapture of having this free reign over the mortal realms, uh, they just don't see it coming. Basically, uh, and it literally shocks them because I think as well as you got to remember in the in the age of the myth, age of chaos. Sigmar's forces are just tribes and normal soldiers, you know, because mm. I think for, well, I, I think it was for a lot of people is that they didn't, uh, the Stormcast Eternal weren't there day one. They're not like, they're not there straight mm. away. It's, you know, it's, again, if you're comparing it to like 40k, for example, the Space mm. Marines weren't there day one. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. they've sort of evolved over, you know, <laughs> over time. And that's basically what ha- came about. He's, Sigmar's realised he needs, you know, super troopers and, sho- and shock troopers, <laughs> literally shock troopers to, uh, to take back the tide of chaos. He's, he's like, right, I need to up my game. I've, you know, I've messed up here. Yeah. And basically yeah. their purpose is to open all the various realm gates throughout the different realms. Um, cause ultimately it brings in further reinforcements because obviously the, one of the main purposes or one of the main ways as we alluded to is it, it, when the stormcast are sent down from the, you know, from, from Azir, they're beamed mm. down as in, you know, bolts of lightning, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, you know, is one way of getting them down, but obviously by oh, opening yeah. the realm gates, you can bring out more reinforcements. It's a bit more efficient <laughs> using, yeah. The, yeah. using the realm gates, basically. So this is sort of where we get to the sort of first of these sort of big segments here. It's called the, the Tempest Breaks. So mm. this is where we'll learn about some of the, the various um, storm storm host isn't it that's there what um, they're called, isn't it? yeah storm yeah. host yeah. yeah um sorry um <laughs> so the hammers of sigma which is probably the most famous of all the uh stormcast mm. yeah uh, storm they're hosts. the ultramarines 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Ultramarines of the Stormcast. Um, they basically create a rivalry with Corn, um, mm. and like you said, like Cameron said about uh, Corgus Cool, they they basically have a massive uh, rivalry mm. with his Gortide, as they're named, who yeah. have been like you said, has been slaughtering everyone through the land of Ask <laughs> of Aski, um, you know, of the Great Parch. Um, Obviously, they need reinforcements. This is where you get the uh, the arrival of uh, a prominent Stormcast uh, character, which is Vandus Hammerhand, mm-hmm. who was previously known as uh, Vendel Blackfist in his uh, former life. Because, as not well, most people, some people know, the Stormcast were have had previous lives. The where they were, basically, they've died or about to die to chaos or fight, fighting chaos and as the last moment before their soul goes mm. to uh Shaish or anywhere else like that um sigmar gets in there takes them first and and starts forging them as uh one of the stormcast so uh so Vandus hammerhand is joined by the anvils of their held and hammer uh the lions of sigmar and the celestial vindicators so uh, these are basically the you know the chapters mm. <laughs> of yeah. the stormcast yeah. <laughs> um you've got another prominent prominent character which is uh jack toss golden mane uh who unfortunately is taken out by uh corgus cool um mm. which uh i actually read in actually in the Realmgate wars book that's mm. actually a very good battle actually um <laughs> and <laughs> so uh you know you've got this situation where cool's brass towers are, are taken out by a pincer movement you've got mm. cool trying to ascend because basically he's trying to ascend to demonhood you know, because like mm. I said, because he because of how much, like you said earlier, Cameron, he's he's just slaughtering and slaughtering. For, yeah. Even yeah. before Corn is on the scene, he's he's you know he's <laughs> he's the personification of Corn. So obviously he's trying to ascend to demonhood, um, and he's you know he's to the point where he's he's using Jack Toss's head as the the capstone to to instigate mm. this ritual. Um, he gets challenged by Vander's Hammerhand, um, and basically. As always, because they've got a bit of rivalry between them <laughs> on an individual level, uh, he almost takes out Vander's Hammerhand. Uh, but luckily, at the last minute, Sigmar, you know, lightning comes down, uh, smashes the Gate of Wrath and the uh, the pyramid, which is what uh, mm-hmm. Cool was using to uh, extend to Demonhood. And obviously, Cool retreats because he's uh, mm-hmm. taken a big loss at this point. Um, I, I, as a slight aside, I remember reading it in the uh, the Realmgate War novels. This this mm-hmm. fight between them, and it's a bit of a funny one because you've got the situation where you feel that if Sigmar wasn't involved. Um, yeah, they would have easily lost. It was literally to the point where <laughs> Van, you know, Hammerhand is taking a beating, and he, mm. you know he's like, "Sigmar, bring down your lightning," you know, and Sigmar's like, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah, okay," <laughs> throws down his lightning and, and takes them out. And it's it's one of those where, as a reader, I was a bit like, oh, "That's a bit." lucky isn't it yeah <laughs> you know what i mean you've done this off your own back you've literally if your <laughs> god wasn't getting involved you wouldn't you would have easily lost that fight but anyway yeah. slight slight aside i mean uh, that's the thing with age of sigmar is that the gods can and will just occasionally show up and yeah. help yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know it works it works other ways as well when the the other gods get involved it was just mm. it it but it just shows the that as, as great as at this point in the in the history anyway as good as the mm. stormcast are Corgus Cool's Gortide and and Corgus Cool himself is so dangerous. <laughs> they yeah, really are. Yeah. Um, and you know that book uh, sort of persona, uh, pers- get my words out. Summarizes it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, this is where we move on to as 
Cameron alluded to about uh, mm. Sigmos Hammer, which is uh, Gal Moraz. Uh, yeah. Basically, the, the Celestial Vindicators uh, are basically looking for signs of uh, the, of Grungni. As mm. like you said earlier, he's gone walkabouts. Um, and this is where they basically come across <laughs> Zinch forces in the ruins of Elixir, which is Grogny's mm. um, sort of you know capital city. Um, yeah. And this is also where they come across the god beast uh, Argentine, which is basically yeah. a big drake, big silver uh, dragon who likes yep. Zinch. Yes, which is which is awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. just such a cool image. Um, so again, another character here is you got Thostos Bladestorm, another uh, Stormcast. Mm. Who, who attacks, um, but he gets converted to living metal. <laughs> um, not a Necron. Um, no, he gets converted to no. living metal by the sorcerer Afix, uh, or Afrix, I think. Yeah, Afrix, yeah. I think is how you pronounce it. Um, um, and then, but what's quite cool is obviously because of the reforging process as part of the Stormcast, um, mm. when he's reforged, he, you know, when he wakes up, he's seen Galmaraz. He's like, I know mm. where it is. I know it. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. And obviously that obviously, you know, Sigmar turns into a meerkat. Go, what? What? Gilmaraz? What? Uh, <laughs> what do you see? Um, so basically, Vandus Hammerhand and Thostos uh, Bladestorm team, you know, team up. Mm. They're basically, Sigmar takes them both aside and go, right, you guys, you're going to get my hammer for me, please. Um, so they return to Amvrock mm. uh, to find the, for- the fortress, which is uh, basically been transported to a crater by argentine mm. the, the drake uh into the sky which is really yeah. cool uh the yeah. stormcast eternals uh have a, have a big fight with the slaves to darkness and skaven get involved at this point as well mm. but um but when asked uh Drachthian is they ask him to basically get involved to take on argentine it's like you're yeah a, you're a drake um you're a big fans- dragon too yeah Please. yeah do you want to do you want to deal <laughs> with uh argentine for us please It'd be awfully good if you can. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when, basically, when they get to the fortress, they find freaks and uh, cool. Um, and then Vandus, yeah. you know, beats Which, him hey, again at this. That's a know. big thing. It's Zinch and Corn working together. Yeah, team, teaming up together. Yeah, so Matt likes it. Cats it's massive, and dogs. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. But you know, again, this is what happens. I mean, I mean, mm. Zinch, especially when we get on to uh, Archaon. You know, obviously, he's a massive user of the Gaunt Summoners on behalf of mm. Zinch as well. So. You know, I mean, Zinch is always involved in everything. I mean, that, oh, yeah. I know we're going yeah. on a tangent here, but that sort of <laughs> personifies him. Um, so, yeah, so basically they, they fight on and they find they, the hammer's found or Gamaraz is found uh, basically powering the fortress from taking mm. it from Shaman to the Realm of Chaos. They're like, let's, let's just put it all the way there. Um, and basically it ends up with Vandus grabbing the hammer and obviously t- using the power to take out the uh, the remaining Zinch lords, um, mm. the hammers return to Sigmar, and uh, it's given to a very special someone because uh, Sigmar's mm. like, no, no, I'm not going to take it, and this <laughs> is where he uh, he gives it to the the Celestine Prime, which is yeah. the first, the very first Stormcast, and it's going to mm. be your weapon. So uh, so yeah, so that's the, what's that summarizes what's called the Tempest Breaks, um, mm. and then the next bit is the what's called the war unbound, war unbound yeah. do you want to i mean do you want to go on to this one yeah yeah Can i'll on? take over this one for you. you've been speaking for a bit Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so you know the stormcast are doing all right you know in actually in shaman they've managed to beat back corn they've managed to retrieve the hammer um uh, but over in gyran the hallowed knights 
my favorite storm host they're super cool good work josh reynolds for writing them so nicely uh <laughs> the, the the hallowed knights in gyran the purest of all storm hosts were fighting nurgle because uh no nurgle had uh been sort of just ravaging gyran for centuries at this point because it's a realm of life and he likes to pervert life and bring rot and decay and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and Alariel was just in hiding at this point she didn't want to be found she was sort of in a winter of despair basically um because she's the goddess of life she literally moves through emotional and physical seasons um so Alariel didn't really want to do anything but um some of her <laughs> followers uh were like no no we do have to actually do something about this uh, <laughs> 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 um and you know they they see they see the stormcast coming and it's like oh good We've actually got reinforcements for once. Um, so the Hallowed Knights attempt to, yeah, Hallowed Knights attempt to seize the Gates of Dawn. So another set of realm gates from the followers of Nurgle. Um, and this is the first instance of, um, a Stormcast, uh, in this case, Gardas, uh, Gardas Steel Soul, I believe is his last name. Mm, technically. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. Uh, basically a Lord Celestine of the Hallowed Knights goes into Nurgle's garden to lure a great unclean one away from the battle. Um, <laughs> and he actually managed to make it out alive, which was yeah, pretty somehow. impressive. Yeah, I mean, he did it again afterwards, but <laughs> <laughs> spoilers for Plague Gun, he goes yeah, to the Garden of Nurgle that's again. That's another story. <laughs> he keeps he keeps doing it. He, we can't keep him out of there. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, and yeah, the sort of an alliance between the um the brain brain froze for a second. So the alliance then? between. Yeah, between the Sylvaneth and the Hallowed Knights is sort of established at this battle. Um, you know, it, he he found out some good information uh, while he was in the Garden of Nurgle, so he heads off to find Alariel, um, and manages to reach her where Nurgle hasn't yet managed to get to her, effectively. There's this one area sort of free of the taint of chaos, this sacred grove called Athelweird. Yep. Um, but... Problem is, if you find a place, people following you also find that place. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite a, quite a key bit of who information. Who would have guessed? <laughs> yeah. Um, so sort of beastman trackers and skaven spies lead the forces of Nurgle straight to her after that. <laughs> um, and they have this sort of battle into a river and into a world under the river. Uh, this river Vitalis. So the Stormcast and the Chaos Worshippers on either side of the bank basically just wade in and are fighting in the water and under the water. Um, and leading the horde is one of Nurgle's favoured generals, uh, Torglug the Despised, who used to be a guardian um, of a certain part of Gyrant. And there was also the Glockkin, uh, who are mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, that sort of triplets where one is just a really big monster and then the other two ride around on his back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. They're so cool. They're awesome. uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, Alariel is sort of her stronghold's being breached. She can't mm-hmm. put off this decision anymore. Um, and you know, she's, she's fighting to try and maintain, maintain her, uh, her stronghold, but Nurgle is too strong at the moment in her opinion. And mm-hmm. she takes the form of a seed and, um, her lady of vines, one of her branch wraiths carries this seed of Lariel away. Um, the Hallow Knights went, Oh, uh, our bad. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna... <laughs> that, that, that was that was definitely our mistake everyone we're sorry about that <laughs> we were trying to do the right thing honest <laughs> yeah honest 
Um, and they become sort of Ilarial's escort. So they're yeah. doing this running battle as they're chased across frozen seas, living glaciers, glaciers and fetid forests by the forces of Nurgle. And, you know, eventually the Celestine Prime comes down and mm-hmm. just bop, smacks Torglug on the head with Galmarsh. Yep. Take that. Um, and this is our first... This this is the first moment that I think Age of Sigma really stood out as a thing on mm-hmm. its own because at the second Torglug was killed, he was hit so hard that his soul was separated entirely from his body, and there was this tiny little bit of faith left in him, yeah, uh, because he used to be a very faithful man. And Sigma goes, "Good enough," grabs him, <laughs> lightning bolts the soul up to his ear, and reforges him into a stormcast called Taurus yeah. the Redeemed, which yeah. was really cool. And he's a really that great is character. really yeah, yeah. I was going to say when I read that, it's <laughs> I thought I was amazing. Yeah, because he's a he's a knight yeah. Venator now, isn't he? And mm. like you said, you just wouldn't imagine that, would you? You just no, couldn't. No. You know, again, I'm comparing it to forty k, but can you imagine someone from you know from chaos <laughs> turning to you well, know, to yeah, the, you know, it's it, it's, the, it's the equivalent of Typhus going. Oh no, I was wrong. Now I'm an Adeptus Custodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's a crazy. I mean, I think it's great. I think you know, from a mm. from a, a law perspective, I think it's fantastic oh, yeah. that it works that way because, you, like you said, you always find that when they get you know in quote marks going from the good guys to the bad guys, <laughs> you never feel that they're ever going to go back to being a mm. good guy. That's it. It's you know, it's damnation and. And that's it. But I think that's it's mm. fantastic. It, it, I yeah. must admit, the name is quite funny. Like, you know, he's called yeah. Tor, Torglug the Redeemed. It's like, you still sound... Well, <laughs> you're nergified. <laughs> he, he, he's still got a little bit of a name there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Chaos is understandably unhappy <laughs> with mm. this set of set of events. Uh, it's like, they, they've had centuries to just do whatever they want, and suddenly Sigmar's back. Not only signals back, he stole something that was meant to be theirs. You can't take our champions and turn them into your champions. That's not how it works. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is this is sort of the beginning of the storm of Sigma. Effectively, it's this massive realm-spanning storm across all the different realms, where yep. stormcasts start zipping down, start fighting back. It's really, really good. Um, Corn is actually really happy about this compared to the other chaos gods. He's like, oh. <laughs> Yep. More, more fights? More fights? Yes, good. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Sits back on his brass throne, starts eating his popcorn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and Archeon also saw some opportunities here. So he mm-hmm. sought a magical boon that would ease his path to victory. He knew inside the hollow world of Golgoth was a land so redolent with transmutative energies that time itself flowed back and forth in strange eddies. There, atop the peak known as Mount Cronus, was a temple to the oracle Kiathanus, the Lord of Change, one of the Tetrarchs of Ruin. Mm-hmm. Um, by gathering syllables of his true name, he tried to bind him into his service as a personal soothsayer. Vandus Hammerhand um, and, you know, more Stormcast Eternals rode to stop him, and uh, they did not do so well. Nope. <laughs> New. Nope. So, okay. Oh, yeah. So, Archeon and Vandus have this epic jewel on top of a mountain, because you've got to have an epic jewel on top of the Obviously. mountain. And uh, Archeon's sword just does what it does what it's told to do, and just tears him into pieces by itself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and you know, Vandus does get sent back to Azir. He will be reforged, but he was killed so horrifically, effectively, that it took years to actually piece his soul back together into a shape that yeah. could be turned into a stormcast again. Which is that's an interesting cool. concept as well, because mm. it's not something that 
you expect you know like there's no i know yeah obviously the, the yeah. re the reforging rules are, are whatever like they, <laughs> there isn't a rule book so <laughs> it's just but uh, it's just you know it's a little more defined now like, yeah exactly it, it, this is a process that can take more time depending on how scarred the salt yeah. is yeah which is i think and, it's great i mean that's a fantastic concept yeah yeah and like and like no spoilers the soul wars novel covers a lot of this and introduces like clear concepts like the more traumatized the soul also just the more risk that the reforging won't work at all like it's possible for yeah. a storm cast to die and never come back oh, um, i really want to read that book now <laughs> yeah it's really good you got to read it man um <laughs> But, but you know, uh, Archeon got what he wanted, and he turned this massive greater demon of Zeech, one of the Tetrarchs of Ruin, into a bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And yeah. out of this, I've got a bracelet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, to be fair, it's a bracelet that whispers the future into his ear. Yeah, he gets knowledge out it. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the thing is, Dracothian, I guess, has been watching all this happen, and he was real sad about Vandus Hammerhand getting killed. Um, and he actually, Dracothian worked with Sigmar to open the extremist tra- chambers of the Stormcast, which are the ones that ride Dracoths. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's sort of like, okay, fine, you can ride my kids now. Yeah. I guess. That <laughs> yeah. one guy, that one guy, he was the one guy cool enough to do it. I'm really mad that he's gone for a while. So now all of you can do it, I guess. Yeah. Have some dragons, everyone. Yep. It's that time. <laughs> it's time for dragons. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, right so yeah. we move on to the god beasts arise oh yeah love that title right so mm-hmm. you know so sigmar's get is starting to get a foothold with the, mm. the stormcast eternals like we said the you know it's, it's going backwards and forwards but he is ultimately making progress with them um you know you've got a situation where cities are being built around the realm gates for example you know even mm. though there's still always there's always fighting there's always well, um destruction it's just that at the end of the day things are moving forward you know the EA is starting to yeah. make some sort of progress you know com- you know especially back to the age of myth where you know things were a better time so mm. yeah. um but obviously the problem is like we've alluded to before sigma's in sigma can only put his attention in various different places uh mm. you know he's you know, they're, they're out fighting they're doing you know they're doing their bit but obviously the enemies of Sigmar use this opportunity to attack Kazir because they're like, well, they're out busy fighting. They're, you know, they're they're mm. not. It's not really particularly well defended. Um, so Archaon, um, basically, his plan is to use huge beasts as well as his normal warriors to take mm. down Azir. So on the edge of uh, Askey, um, on the which is known as the Ashlands, which is basically these floating mm. islands on an acid sea, which are lovely image um <laughs> which is basically above is the the what's called the land of the chain sun mm. which is a really cool name um which yeah. is basically these crescent shaped i you know aisles held by chains um which has basically been lit up by a god beast which is called ignax which is a, a solar yeah. drake there's lots of drakes around um mm. <laughs> which was which if you looking at the backstory is really cool because basically Ignax was chained by Grugni uh, to light up the land. So yeah, <laughs> which is so they're never in, never in darkness. So uh, yeah. Archaon is like, right, I'm gonna look to break those chains. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> mi- you know mix things up a bit. So he uh, sends uh, he sends a few of his sort of 
champions, so to speak. Mm. Uh, you've got uh, Blob, so Blob, uh, Rotspawn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who uh, is used to who basically is used to plague the land, uh, mm. in in essence to sort of basically subdued and. Uh, any defenders of Azir basically sort of suppress them, mm. um, which ultimately ends in failure for him because uh, Ionis Cryptborn and uh, Victrian Sirocco, Sor- mm. I think that's how it's pronounced, um, use the Rage of Scarbrand uh, against him. Basically, mm. um, I yeah. don't think it goes into much more detail than that. I don't know how particularly um, it did that. There, there are there are books that cover this. Um, oh, okay, and. Uh, for guys who want to catch up on the the lore of Age of Sigma, there's a great YouTube channel called Two Plus Tough that I've been oh, watching yeah, I to like catch up stuff, on this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, essentially there was a corn sort of host nearby, and they had Scarbrand chained up, and all the Stormcast did was break Scarbrand's chains and then just walk away because <laughs> that's all they needed to do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so um, yeah, so through that side of things uh rotspawn flees um and basically <laughs> brings a plague to what's now called the uh scabrious sprawl which is another mm. great name um <laughs> so uh he also sends corgus cool out um mm-hmm. basically to take an army to what's known as the uh, to the orb infernia yeah which is above the ash this showed up in malign portents yes um which <laughs> is basically he, the plan is for cool to take the army there unites mm. all the chaos nations around there you know by basically you know challenging the various lords there mm. like he challenges the corn lord of the of the uh the demon priest yeah. uh skin skine um yeah and basically <laughs> and, and cool uh, during the fight feigns injury and then uses that to his advantage to you know basically take yeah. the power take you know take all the chaos nations and under his wing um i mean basically you've You've got a situation where you've got the ser- you know this <clears throat> excuse me you've got the uh, the Seraphon are involved at this mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. and the local people in the land of the uh, Chain Sun um, to basically you know fight back uh, against the Chaos Hordes here. Um, you've got the Fire Slayers involved as well um, mm-hmm. to basically again to take on Archaon and Cool. Um, and you've got this really cool bit where the Rune Father of Astarg um, basically. Sacri- sort of in event inadvertently sacrifices mm. his fire slayers uh, so he basically tells them to climb onto the chains of ignax um and hammer the rune of binding into into a hide um basically what this <laughs> ends up doing is then mm-hmm. archaeon um because at this point the fire slayers stop you know burning and dying you know it just they they do sacrifice mm. themselves effectively to to get this rune on her um because what happens next is Archaon then corrupts her with the the Slayer of Kings. So, you know, that sword has multi-purposes as well. <laughs> it doesn't just kill kings. It uh, can help corrupt uh, drakes uh, by basically he puts it into her head. <laughs> Lovely thought. Um, but obviously at this point, Archaon is completely unaware of the that uh, the fly, Fire Slayers have already put their mark on her. We'll watch yeah. this space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Um, oh, what's next? Do you want to go into the the gates that are lost and held? Gates are lost and held. Yeah. Um. So a big thing with Age of Sigma is it's kind of hard to just walk places. Uh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the realms are massive. It takes you hundreds of years to walk from the center to the edge, and then you've got to walk back. 
Plus, once you walk to the edge, you can't just walk to a different realm because they're all floating in the void together, so you can't, you know, actually walk from one to the other. You've got to use a realm gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there is, um, it's been mentioned before, there is an area called All Points, or Eight Points, uh, once Ar- Arcane conquered it, which is just this area where there's a realm gate, one for each realm. So, it's a lovely place. Um, it's very handy for massing <laughs> troops and sending them around <laughs> places. Yeah. So across sort of eight vital black battlefields where these eight gates led, their war has been basically wa- waged constantly because these are the areas where Archeon's reinforcements pour from. Stormcast Eternals are doing their best to sort of force their way through the archways into the eight points itself. They're trying to get these footholds so that then they can start bringing their own re- reinforcements in there and slowly cleanse the area effectively. And if fate was with them, they can align each gate's innate magic so that only they and their kin can pass through it from then on. So the gate will literally, like, bounce back the forces of chaos effectively. Yep. yep. At the Mercur- Mercurial Gate of Shamon, these are some great names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they went a bit name crazy, didn't they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, Thostos Bladestorm and the Celestial Vindicators attack an impregnable iron hold from below, tunneling under the walls using lava magic, uh, from the Fire Slayers, which is really cool. Uh, Archeon decided to get into this fight himself. Um, Thostos actually managed to wound Archeon and then got eaten by his mount and yeah. never came back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I said, it's possible for Stormcast Eternals to be killed permanently. Yeah. It's rare, but it does happen. It does happen, yeah. Mm. Uh, in Overnakshi, the Brimfire Gate uh, was closed to the Signs of Chaos. Archeon unleashed Ignax, but the Fire Slayers triggered their secret rune of binding, hey, <laughs> turning Archeon's slave into a deadly enemy at the moment of his triumph. So, <laughs> effectively, it's like, yeah, I've won. I've got this enormous fiery dragon. What are you going to do? And the Fire Slayers are just like, do you have the enormous fiery dragon? Or yeah, do, do you? We or have the we- enormous fiery dragon. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, Vandus and Scarbrand fought, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. So this is after Vandus comes back, so it's been <laughs> a few years later at this yeah, point, so quite I would guess. Yep. <laughs> um, Vandus eventually emerged triumphant, but, you know, Corn still owns Akshi, but um, yeah. he's suffered a major defeat because he can't control that central gate anymore. Yes. Uh, Nurgle 2 was kind of pushed back in Gairan. The Hallowed Knight's sacrifices let the Sylvaneth sort of basically turn the tide because Ilariel went from, you know, despairing in winter and turned into the rage of a spring tempest. You know, it sort of tr- cast down Nurgle's triumphant champions and began this crusade across Gairan to cleanse it again. Yep. Over in Shaiish, uh, Archeon kept a good hold of the End Gate, which is a good name. <laughs> Which <laughs> is pretty good. Um, the Anvils of Heldenhammer, Stormhost thought they'd re-establish an alliance with Nagash, but Nagash just forsook them in their time of need and didn't show up. <laughs> Funny that, man. <laughs> That'll show them. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the Realm of Light had seen tons of wars, but for some reason, no aid came from there through there to uh, help the Eight Points mm. fight. Strange denizens of Heish or Hish, had their own dire wars to contend with, which I'm interested in learning all about soon, hopefully, in, in the next year or so. Yeah. When they release some light elves, maybe, possibly. Oh, oh. Mm, I hope so. Um, <laughs> because also, over in Ulgu, the Realm of Shadow, 
it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. Um, you're not, no one's sure whether Malarian and Marathi actually won their long war against no, the no. realm of chaos <laughs> because, again, no word. Um, because we haven't released Malarian's faction yet. <laughs> oh, God. Conspiracy like, like, theory there. I was slight, slight aside conspiracy theory. I'm so looking forward to seeing what comes out of both of those factions. Oh, no, I can't we, wait. They, they've got to come. It's got to be good. I think it's, it's inevitable. I mean, what we saw with the Deepkin, mm. I mean, what they could do with those. I mean, they were such mm. a unique set of, or unique faction. It'd be amazing what they're going to do with whatever, the Malarian yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, Tyrion and Teclis, et cetera, get. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. watch oh, your space. so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, over in Gur, the Realm of Beasts, they had a really cool, like, central realm gate because... It's the Morgate. It's literally the throat of this crawling god worm named Fanthrak. Yep. <laughs> so, like, everything it eats gets sent through this realm gate into the all points, I guess. <laughs> Which is really weird. Um, Megaboss Gordrak is fighting Archeon's forces, and he actually executes this quite clever series of maneuvers to surprise the Chaos worshippers that have chained the worm down and freeze the worm, because destruction hates things being chained. Effectively, and that's that's all he sought to do. He wasn't even looking to control the gate necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with that, the worm, the worm just kind of slithered off, and <laughs> they didn't have uh, Archeon's forces didn't have control of Gur anymore. Um, you know, everyone's planning and consolidating their gains. Um, you know, things are getting better. Civilizations are starting to come back in these areas yep. where the Stormcast Eternals have managed to push back chaos that it's there's a little bit of hope brought back in which again is that we've talked about this before on the show but that's that that main thing with age of sigmar is that it's nowhere near as like grim dark as 40k in the overall tone there's always that little bit of hopefulness yeah it gets absolutely. very grim dark in the details for sure but yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's sort of, it, it sort of ebbs and flows doesn't it there's sort of mm. it's sort of, it always seems like it's all nothing either things are really great or then things are really bad but then like you said, mm. the good, the, you know, the the order, the <laughs> the good guys, the hope, you know, is always there. So um, yeah, let's talk about those seeds of hope. Yeah, yeah, good, <laughs> good segue. segue there. Um, <laughs> so you know, leading on from that, things aren't like Cameron said. Things aren't as bad as as they could be. You've got you know the forces mm. of order are starting to build cities. Uh, basically, is an act of defiance uh, against mm. uh, chaos, <laughs> primarily. Um, you know, even in like including uh, Excelsis in the realm of beasts, for example. Um, and basically, you've got these the, these what are called the seeds of hope. They're basically these three cities mm. to basically, be, in essence, be a middle finger to chaos. So, um, so starting with you've got the realm of life. You've got uh, Sylvaneth. You know, like you said, Sylvaneth driving Nurgle back. Uh, Alariel restores the what's called the Hollow Forest after beating uh, Clan Morbidus of the Skaven mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, using her natural magic, uh, which is basically a, you know, it's, and basically this city is or, or this area is now a combination of vines and metal. Um, mm. And it took her exactly fourteen days. Quite specific. <laughs> took her 14 days um, and basically offered it as a place for all her allies. I think, you know, almost to mm. sort of give back because obviously she realized that, you know, after having her mopey sec- <laughs> section <laughs> where she was, you know, giving yeah. up hope and everything like that. And obviously, you know, with the help of uh, the Stormcasters, sort of thought, well, no, no, I need I need to be involved. I, I can't ignore this. Uh, and I need to help my allies. So basically she creates what's called mm. the Living City. 
Um, then we've got uh, Grey in Greywater Reach, which is the in Festamere Realm Gate or near it. Mm. Um, you've got Architect uh, Valius Matali, or no Malati, no Malati. Mm. Um, plus a collection of labourers uh, started to build. Um, with where basically you've got the anvils of the Helden Hammer as their particular guardians. Um, the uh, Gyran Knight uh, Realmstone was used as a powerful resource for this. Um, you know, basically, mm-hmm. and the, it ends up with tribes being pushed back by these various built war machines. You've got swamps being mm-hmm. drained, trees being felled, um, and basically this end up creating what's called the Grey Water Fastness. Uh, which is mm. an interesting name, <laughs> mm. <laughs> the Grey Water Fastness. Um, I know it's come up very quickly. If that's the clue, if that's the clue. Um, so yeah, so basically they've you know they've just like I said discovered these or created these war machines that provide a military uh, advantage as well as a mm. you know a, yeah. just the general building and like I said draining swamps and things like that. It causes a bit of issue with Ariel, obviously, because they're felling yeah. a lot of trees. <laughs> You know, it comes to blows. I mean, they sort it out, but you know, they have a bit of a mm. bit of a ruckus over it. Um, and then the third of these, you know, th- three places is the the in the uh, what's it called, the Hope of Phoenician Phoenicium, um, yeah, which is the the ruin, uh, which is a ruin from the Age of Myth, um, at mm. the foothold of the Aubrian uh, Mountain. Now, Chaos Invasion led to the bases led to the slopes being torn apart, which in turn causes mm. like this what's really cool, a sap tidal wave. Yeah. <laughs> a tidal wave of sap just <laughs> flowing down from these uh, slopes. Um and mm. basically covers this whole citadel in like an amber. So, you know, it's like the uh, like you'd see on Jurassic Park yeah. and uh, dinosaurs, <laughs> you know, with the, <laughs> with the mosquito trapped in amber. It's basically a situation, but it's a whole citadel. You know, covered in mm. in, uh, in amber. Um, it's basically found by the anointed of the Phoenix Temple, um, and mm. basically they use their what's their what they call their flame spire and frost heart phoenixes to mm. basically do this mystic air dance, as as it gets <laughs> said, uh, which is which ends up with basically combinations of fire and cold being draped over the ruins, uh, which in turn mm. causes the amber to melt. Um, obviously they realized this was a tactic they needed to use. Um, and, and basically off the back of that, the Stormcast and the Sylvaneth arrive to basically aid with the, the, the re, sort of basically the reconstruction of the whole citadel. Mm. So, you know, in essence, all these three cities, these seeds of hope, you know, including the title, they're all, it's all the, you know, the, the forces of order working together, yeah, you know, to yeah. build these places to be, you know, I suppose, as well, like I said, well as being a statement, but also to be, I don't know, beams of hope as well, like central locations. So, no, you know, this is where, you know, if, even if in the bad times you're in a different area of your particular realm, but these areas will always be good. They'll always, you know, they'll always have your mm. back, um, so to speak. So, so basically all the seeds of hope <laughs> are there to symbolize order, uh, you know, yeah. basically show, yeah. look, look, this is what we can do. You know, it's like a, as well. So, you know, so it's part inspiration as well. Um, mm. And basically, you know the, inha- the the only sort of slight downside that comes off the back of this is that a lot of the inhabitants of these various cities are having to deal with daily attacks because because yeah, these yeah. cities have been re- have been created so quickly and in quite isolated areas the slight downside is they're not heavily defended <laughs> so they're having to, mm. so straight from the off yeah. they're having to deal with the uh, attacks but you know 
as expected. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, oh, what's uh, what's this about the light in the darkness? Yeah. So um, basically, it's the continuation of the seeds of hope. Um, this light is beginning to spread across the realms, more or less. Stormcursed Eternals raise towering storm keeps to watch over realm gates, while the faithful and arcane cleanse, pardon me, the land. Um, and they create a great new city. Well, they create a lot of great new cities, but the greatest of all is the city of Hammerhole. It's the twin-tailed city. The cities of Sigmar um, are mostly built around fortified realm gates that were initially reclaimed by certain chambers of the Stormcast Eternals. And it's not uh, not uncommon for the cities to be named in honor of those heroes. So Hammerhole is named after the Hammers of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigmar's warriors crushed these these enormous orc tribes that have launched attacks through the realm gate. Um, and this is a gate from Akshi to Gairan. Um, and this, this is great because I was reading this and it sort of makes a little more sense because the city of Hammerhall, it's called the Twin-Tailed City because the city exists on both sides of the realm gate, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, it is one city in two separate realms, which is really awesome. Um <laughs> So, Hammerhall Aksha, which is the fireside, is this harsh, heavily fortified place with hot, angry winds. The Ironweld Arsenal, so dwarven uh, war engineers, have strong presence there. Uh, and their genius maintains a crackling lightning shield and mobile forts that lumber around the city, which is super awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they've been mentioned in the lore before, but, like, cog forts... Um, mm-hmm. yeah. when no one's sure exactly what they are, but they seem really cool. Um, and it, it's also a place of devotion. There are these throngs of, um, flagellants and devoted sort of cleansing the land around the city. Uh, on the other side, Hammerhall Gyra is sort of an elf citadel, elf stronghold, although it has lots of humans and dwarves and other races, um, of the free peoples. Mm-hmm. To hold back this, the aggressively exuberant growth in the realm of life, they channel lava from the Hammerhall, uh, from the Hammerhall Axia side through the realm gate into these trenches that burn away the, um, the forest that threatens to overgrow the city every day. Um, that is such a cool in- image. I know, and in return, because in actually there's not a lot of, like, water and food, um, the Gairan side sends food and water back through the realm gate to supply uh, <laughs> Hammerhall Gyra. <laughs> well, have your lava, you can have water and food. <laughs> it, it's really cool, and it, it, it's interesting because it makes sense with how that would be used. Like, yeah, realm gates yeah. are super mm. important, like, from a military standpoint, but they're also really important for trade, effectively, and this is effectively what it is. It's one city trading lava, food, and water with itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and Hammerhall, both sides are governed by the same grand conclave of lords, uh, chosen from the best and brightest of Azaheim. So it's not actually ruled by natives of the city, it's ruled by selected people from Azir. Yep. Um, and defended by countless armies, including 12 chambers of Stormcast Eternals, which is a lot of a lot of Stormcast. That's um, <laughs> one or two. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's like, you know, you hear about Terra and it's like, we've got hundreds of Space Marine chapters, you know, devoted to defending Terra and the yeah. rest of the system just itself is like, this is the equivalent. We've got 12 chapters effectively of Space Marines <laughs> protecting this one city. It's that important. God, I, I, I love Hammerhall. It's really cool. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Let's, uh, I'm going to talk about the Claws of Chaos. Excellent. So... so yeah, that's, they've had 
the forces of order had too much nice things going on now. Let's get <laughs> chaos back on the scene. <laughs> so, excellent, so, excellent. so basically we got the start of a chaos counterattack because the, the chaos mm-hmm. gods realize they're in trouble. You know, they're really on the back foot at this point. Um, like we've alluded to before, uh, corn is obviously still the happiest <laughs> due to the yeah, war and bloodshed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, even though he's a, chaos god he's quite neutral in in certain aspects because ultimately as long as mm. the blood's flowing he's all good really so his armies are growing sc- strong in ashki um actually um looking you know because they're looking for war and in a way he's happy that the stormcast have, have, have mm. appeared because basically it's a it's a big challenge you know yeah. new forces equal new wars equals more blood Happy days for corn, <laughs> basically. Um, Zinch uh, is was doing well, you know, obviously, um, but because obviously as well, because you've got every like again every new city that's being built is more chance of plotting and scheming, you know. So it's again new opportunities for Zinch, you know, new cults mm. to arise and you know hidden societies and things like that. Um, you, I mean, even references mm. uh, Malleus Malati, who was. Uh, mentioned before who's one of the architects yeah. i believe um it's mm. now been corrupted by zinch and is now doing the work of zinch in many cities so you know basically getting the, you know setting the scene getting plans ready you know in all of these you know using mm. the architectural authority and uh that he has to you know to put seeds of uh you know spying and mistrust in there as well uh nurgle uh he's mm. obviously reeling from the uh, the big fights in the realm of life uh, on behalf of uh, Ariel, you you know basically then Nurgle decides to you know you know what I'm going to spread all my disease across all the realms. <laughs> He's sort of mm-hmm. slight you know rather than just focusing purely on realm of life, he goes for all all various realms. Uh, the Great Horn Rat um, has used his Skaven to basically spread starvation and blight everywhere as per. Mm. Um, yep. what uh, the green horn rat does, you know, destroying <laughs> a lot of crops and you know, and obviously damaging things in those ways, yeah. you know. So, in essence, I mean, uh, hint no mention of Sunesh in there. Uh, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> so, you know, in essence, all the chaos gods, uh, you know, have got their all their own different priorities, their own uh, reasons for doing things, but basically, they're trying, they're, they're using their own different ways to disrupt the mortal realms. In essence, you know, because they, they're, they're doing what they know. You know, corn is bloodshed. Zinch is spying and plotting and scheming. Uh, Nurgle is, you know, plague and, uh, plague and pestilence. And obviously, Great Horn Rand is destruction and starvation yeah. and things like yeah. that. So they're using, you know, what they know best. Um, we're still not going to go without a fight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, a hidden world, Cameron. Yes, indeed. So, here's where we get into the juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't Gentlemen, so juicy already. Ladies, others. <laughs> yeah, so, so Sig- Sigmar's busy, you know, getting all this stuff sorted out. He's busy building cities, doing his order stuff again. So, Malarian and Tekla's just like, okay, we're going we're gonna to go do our own thing. Uh, let's, let's go back and forth. Uh, I'm going to spend some time in Hesh. You're going to spend some time in Ulgu. We found, we found a secret hideout, a oh. secret clubhouse. We're going to call it all gish because it's exactly halfway between all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, Genius. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm more or less going to sum this up as they 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 have been busy keeping Slanesh under wraps, mm-hmm. as it were. You know, Tyrion and Teclas made their way to the model realms. They you know sort of regained their consciousness. It's like 
Where are all the elves, though? There should be more elves. Why, why are there all these humans? But there's no elves. And they, they keep looking everywhere. Malarian wakes up in the realm of shadow. Where are all my elves? I had millions of them. Where did they go? <laughs> all the, all the human souls are here. Where are all the elf souls? Where are they? Where are they? Um, they sort of combine their knowledge and like, it's gotta, it's gotta be here somewhere. The elves have to be here somewhere. We're not sure where they are. Where though. are they though? We're not sure where they are, though. But, you know, we found this cool clubhouse, this Ulgish. Uh, we're going to hang out there. It's sort of our neutral ground. You know, it's exactly halfway between our own realms. Um, we're going we're gonna to keep looking around, though. We found some elves. They're, they're sort of hanging out in Azir. You know, the the wizards and that. But, you know, we can we can work with this. We'll start with this. Um, then they were like, Marathi shows them. It's like, it was Slanesh. <laughs> Slanesh did it, is effectively how that goes. <laughs> um, and, you know, they they start their plan to capture Slanesh. And this is really cool, because this has not been written out exactly how they did it beyond they tempted him using themselves as bait and then chained him up. Yep. So, um, you know, Slanesh, he, he sort of sniffs the, sniffs the air and, hmm, there's something, there's something tasty out there. Hmm, hmm. Mm-mm. Mm. Slowly, longingly, the Dark Prince moved closer and closer towards Ulgish. There he could make out the souls of two young gods, lithe and potent, each a delicacy that would empower him beyond measure. Yummy. Around them, a small constellation of talented elven souls added their power to that of their masters, engaged in some mystical process that they likely believed hid them from their enemy's attention. This is Slanesh's <laughs> point of view, by the way. It's great. Slanesh's <laughs> predatory hunger could not be held at bay forever. In slid the dark god like a serpent, taking an approximation of physical form with jaws yawning once more to consume Tyrion, Malarian, Teclis, Marathi, and all their allies in one single gulp. Gulp. <laughs> so... Just a big mouth appears, basically. Which <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but the gods have other plans. They pre- prepared these realmstone obelisks filled with soul stuff, um, standing on these levitating islands. Uh, and as Slanesh gets closer, they send out these nets of light made out of Hishian magic. And at the same time, there are these spheres of distilled darkness hanging around that send out these tendrils of Ulguan, Ulguan, Ulguan magic. <laughs> Let's Something say, like that. <laughs> yeah, um, and so these two magics of light and dark perfectly balance each other out and catch Slanesh in a paradoxical trap because he's bound in darkness but bound in light at the exact same time, uh, and he has no power. All of a sudden, he's trapped with a scream of rage. He fights against his bonds, but no avail. He's captured, and his worshippers are thrown into turmoil. Effectively, it's real cool. <laughs> Where's he gone? <laughs> Where's he gone? There he is, hidden in the dark. <laughs> and the light at the same time. It's a bit nice. difficult for him. Um, which is, that is a really cool bit of lore. Like, I, I, I glossed over a lot of it, because it, it's basically just well, that sums a it up, block yeah. of text. <laughs> yeah. But, guys, when you get your own core book, give pages, um, what are these pages? These pages are numbered. Give pages 60 and 61 a good read, because that's some good stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah. <sighs> Good old Sinesh. Right, let's see what's happening with the Stormcast again, because things yes. are taking their toll on them a bit, mm. which is called the Quest Immortal. Um, so, yeah, as women, we've been talking about the reforging process, uh, a, a big price is getting paid 
by the Stormcast mm. Eternals with this constant dying and reforging and dying again. Um, like we've said before, when they die, their essence, their soul is caught by Sigmar and a soulsmith uh, to be re- mm-hmm. reforged. I mean, the re- like we've said, the reforging process can be a matter of hours. It could be even mm-hmm. years if if that's what it takes, like we said about Vander's Hammerhand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it all happens in Azir. Now, every time... The sort of the downside of the process is that they they start becoming or potentially can start becoming less human. They start losing mm. their emotion and their senses and things like that, um, mm. which was a bit of naivety on behalf of Sigmar, really, because mm. well, we we say naivety. Maybe he knew this was going to happen and just didn't tell anyone or think about it. But yeah. Yeah. you know, ultimately, he's either unaware of it. Well, it says he's unaware of it, or he doesn't care about it. it depends which. Mm. viewpoint you want to take with that and basically the trans you know the you've got a situation where transfiguration is starting to happen as you know the more and more of these warriors are being reforged both on a on a mental mm. and a well mental physical and soul level basically on all all counts you know like i said some were changed in body some in spirit i mean in some cases yeah. they'll be they'll be yeah. made to be more powerful you know sometimes it was to their advantage you know when they keep getting mm. reforged yeah. but um you know, it start. I think Van. It says Vandus was the first one to raise concerns about this, because yeah. um, he was, he was starting to get what's called visions of the Lightning Man, which is <laughs> <laughs> Lightning Man. Cool, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure, he was just thinking of Sigma, because surely Sigma's yeah, the Lightning I Man. Know, right? um, but it's. I think he Vandus sees it as a possible future self. So mm. you know, starts uh, putting the wind up him up him a bit. Um, you know, in. You know, and it starts getting seen that in some of the cities that uh, some were losing, you know, losing becoming human. Um, like, you know, everything's black and white. There's no in between. Mm, um, yeah. You know, that some of these stormcasts were starting to turn into what's sort of, you know, dangerous shock troopers where, yeah. you know, that, like I said, that emotion from them is going where it's, you know, mm. they're going to quite extremes. That's probably the best way of yeah. looking at it. Yeah. Um, I'll interject here for a yeah. moment. Sure. There, there's an interesting possibility for a Stormcast Inquisition here, I feel. Mm. Because mm. there is there is actually a unit that I don't think is represented on the tabletop, but it is in the books, and that's a Lord Veritant, which is basically a Stormcast Inquisitor. Like, their job is to stay in a city and root out chaos. Um, I don't know, actually. I, I don't believe it's an actual unit. Um, I think it is. You may check. Oh, it um, is. Yeah. It's that. Oh, it yeah, is an yeah. actual unit. Yeah. Which one is it? I've, I've never seen one. I think. <laughs> now um, I gotta look it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Google it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's 120 points. If you want to know. Um, <laughs> I sp- I think it's been around for years. I think it's one of the old. It's definitely one of the. It's not one of the new ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. Website load up. Um, oh, it's that one. Yeah. It always looked like gr- a Lord Castellan to me. That makes more sense. They do. Let's be honest. They do. <laughs> They do start looking <laughs> they look, quite similar. They look so similar, I thought they didn't have a model. Yeah. My bad, it's one, everyone. It's one, it's Let's one with ignore the gri- that. The one with the griff hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, makes uh, a, that makes a sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but so, those guys are basically Stormcast Inquisitors. They have yeah. that same kind of viewpoint. But I could see it becoming more prevalent, you know, again, when... Mm. We, you know, is the corruption and the reforging? Because let's be honest, it's only going to get worse. You know, in the yeah, current yeah. The current law, the current timeline. Um, again, mm. once we read more of the books, hopefully we'll know a bit more about that. But uh, yeah, I can see it happening. 
Um, <laughs> right, right. Well, that's where was I was. Um, yeah. So you know, you you've got a situation where civil war is starting to break out in some places. Yeah. Because ultimately, yeah. you've got some of the some of the stormcast being quite heavy handed. <laughs> in some cases <laughs> and in the point where they're putting down some of the riots as well um you know it's sent you know it's sort of you know it's almost like they're potential cultists in some mm. ways uh yeah, of sorts yeah. you know and and it, you've got the situation where the chaos gods are enjoying this because mm, obviously uh, obviously you know it's because things aren't going to you know sigmar's uh, way really and obviously Sigmar's quite concerned by this which again mm. I think suggests he probably didn't know this was going to happen I think it's more I didn't yeah. know as opposed to I knew it was going to happen but didn't really care um, mm. so you know we, you've got like some events which is called the the purge of uh, Vindicarum mm. um, where yeah. the Wait. the celestial vindicators end up killing three quarters of the population they Jesus. go they go <laughs> crazy <laughs> and uh I mean, they're obviously the Vindicators. Their whole thing is getting revenge and uh, mm, vengeance, you yeah. know, um, vindication. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, it's having a big toll on a lot of the Stormcast. You know, it's starting that the the chinks are, are appearing in the way they are now. Um, and this is where the Sacrosanct Chambers start coming into things. So mm. Sigmar sends the, the Chambers out to help investigate. Um, basically, sort of, you know, it ends up because. The, basically, the sacrosanct chambers are reforged from heroes and mystics. Um, yeah, so yeah. they've got a strong um, sort of magical sense to them. Um, so basically, they were sent out to sort of basically find why a small part of the soul was escaping. You know, because that's the, that's mm. the key. What the, with the reforging, the reason why they're losing their emotion or having these adverse effects is part of the soul is is disappearing. So when it comes, mm. you know, when the reforging happens again, it, there's something missing, which again sort of makes sense really um yeah so it you know there was things like there was it was suspected that the spirits weren't strong enough in the first place mm. so maybe that's why it's it was never meant to happen like the way it is maybe even sigmar knew about that again mm. questions there yeah. um and Good basically the, the sacrosanct searched all over uh for soul stuff knowledge uh, basically mm. trying to understand the process well well they understand the process but trying to work out the weakness behind it and obviously mm. This drew the attention of a certain uh, great necromancer called Nagash. Mm -hmm. Never heard of him. Mm -hmm. um, it draws Nagash's attention because, <laughs> uh, and it ends up with basically some of the sacrosanct um, uh, souls being taken by his agents. Because um, mm. ultimately, a lot of this stormcast were losing the hum humanity at this point. So um, yeah. yeah, it's so basically, yeah, the sac it's, it's quite interesting actually. That's what the sacrosanct were being used for, sort of being used as a, yeah, a like an yeah. investigation, you know, like a <laughs> like a bureau of investigation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Right. Yeah. yeah what? So what? Um, let's talking in a gash. Yeah. Um. Now listen, Nagash owns one thing. He owns <laughs> souls. He's the he god does. of death. But people keep taking the dang god. Oh, so infuriating! Oh, I know. It, I mean, it's not even just Sigma. Everyone's doing it these days. It's the done thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine I'm him just... shaking his skeletal fist. Oh, uh, stop digging uh... my souls! <laughs> you know, the Stormcast Eternals are coming in. Scholars, bards, shamans, and skulls are all hearing of this. Um, and, but not everyone's happy about Sigmar's intervention 
people are saying that he's stealing away the heroes of the realm as they defy chaos because he is actually doing that um yeah what happens with the stormcast eternal is sigma doesn't always take you once you're dead he will also sometimes take you just before you die yeah um (laughs) a lot of stormcasts have the tragic backstory of well i was in the middle of defending my ancestral homeland from chaos when i just disappeared in a bolt of lightning strangest thing don't know what happened uh <laughs> um and Nagash knows all about these details. Ever since Sigma first snatched a soul that was about to die and pass into his grasp, Nagash has been keeping an eye on things. Cause the th- the thing is, Nagash has to defend his realm, you know? He he yeah. he is a benevolent ruler, he's a god. He has to take care of Shaish and all the people that live and unlive there. Um <laughs> The problem the <laughs> Well, it is. Yeah, yeah. But the problem with this is that Sigma keeps taking all the best souls. I you know, know. Nagash has had his eye on that guy for years. I've been like, waiting oh, for him to wait die. Till that guy dies. Yeah. He's going to be a great captain in my undead legions, and then Sigma just goes and takes him. Like, Bastard. oh, you can be a you can be a, a regular liberator, not even a liberator prime, just a regular liberator. You're about there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got that. Like you said, that image. Like you said, he just puts him right yeah. at the bottom. Like, yeah. yeah. He'd just be one of the standard <laughs> troops. But he would have been one of my lieutenants. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Nagash sets in motion a dark mirror of this Azerite muster. Um, he just sends forth endless waves of undead, basically, to mm-hmm. fight the greatest model heroes in every realm, wherever they can find them and kill them. And he he doesn't even bother sending, like, good, strong undead, because even the most proficient swordsman can be brought low if enough undead are sent against him. True story. Uh, These champions, yeah, these champions were also reforged, um, but not not into shining heroes, but into mindlessly obedient thralls. (laughs) Yay. I love his tactic. (laughs) I mean, in his point of view, he's just like, oh, Sigwa's doing this, it's free reign now. Yeah. If he's allowed to take people for himself, I'm going to start... Damn right, I'm gonna get there first. Myself instead of waiting. Yeah, what's the point of waiting? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so the humans are doing this with Sigma's aid. Ugh, come on, guys, really? And now, and now the elves are at it too. Oh, you know, all these millions of souls that died during the death of the world that was. You know where they should have gone? They should have gone to Shaish. They would have arrived dead. Nagash would have sorted them out into their yeah. afterlives. Everything exactly. would be dandy. What do Malarian and, Te- and Tyrion and Teclis and Marathi all do? They pull those souls straight out of Slanesh and they keep them for themselves. God. What what madness is this? God, I mean, there's those rules here. Mm, there are rules. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> oh oh God. man, he's, he's, yeah. it can happen to a better guy as well. All <laughs> it mm. happens to is the gash. I can just imagine oh, like this admin, right. this admin zombie. Your eyes is like. <laughs> Someone's been taking souls out of the store yeah. cupboard. Those elves. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've kind of moved past it, but there's a, there's a great line here, which is Nagash was at first content to keep a tally, knowing that one day the bill would be called past due. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Isn't it? Like he's there. He's got a list. <laughs> yeah, I'll put the bill in the post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, all these new elves are being made. Some look like normal elves, but they glow a little. 
Uh, some are remade in these really strange forms, like these luminous, angelic creatures of pure reason in Hish, or these majestic, terrible things in Ulgu. Again, can't wait for those factions games <laughs> workshop. Uh, <laughs> um, Marathi is stealing extra souls on the side, like, they're not even splitting them up evenly. Someone's, someone's stealing even more for herself. Uh, <laughs> and making these weird soul hybrids. Um, and, you know, this starts pulling Slanesh around. Souls are just mm, delicious. The Eidna mm-hmm. Deepkin. The Eidna Deepkin are stealing souls because they need them to live. Yeah. And Nagash is like, Nagash just turns around like, I turned around for five minutes and now there's another faction of elves <laughs> taking souls. <laughs> I just, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I'd tear my hair out if I had any. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they're, they're doubly bad because they escaped the pool of the grave because they had dead souls that were within Slanesh initially, and now they're stealing normal souls as well and putting them in themselves. Just like Insult to injury. <laughs> insult oh, to injury. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in each realm the story was more or less the same, for in every race there are those who seek to cheat death. <laughs> the pieces of Grimnir's soul, the, the, the dwarven god of fury aren't going to Nagash either. The the Fire Slayers are taking those as Ur-Gold and, like, keeping them. Nagash should get all that Ur-Gold. That's yeah. a piece of a soul. He, he deserves that. The Seraphon, the Lizardmen, then they're barely physical. Like, only a few of them physically exist in certain places. But the Slan keep pulling their souls back into existence. And, like, the sl- uh, Nagash is like, where do I get my Lizardman souls? I deserve <laughs> some of those. Honestly. The Chaos Gods have been doing this for a long time, but Nagash was like, oh, you're Chaos, I'm getting to you. But they're just, they're still doing it as well. Everyone is doing it now. Order, <laughs> destruction, <laughs> Chaos, they're all seal- stealing souls because the minions of Chaos sell their souls for power. When they die, Nagash doesn't get the soul. The Chaos Gods get to pluck that out. Yep. <laughs> each anomaly, each exception Nagash took personally. Yep. Was he not the Lord of Death? Was he not the Master of the Afterlife? Soon He's enough, not- there would be a reckoning, for though Nagash had the patience of the grave, even he would not wait forever. Is, <laughs> there's so many good little bits oh, in this no. I love it. <laughs> I'll get you all. <laughs> I'm going to show you, you my ire. <laughs> I mean, the the, re- the really funny thing is, like, the art on this page is from the Eidneth Deepkin book, mm-hmm. but it's the Eidneth Deepkin stealing the souls of Skaven, and I'm like... I think that's the one kind of soul Nagash wouldn't want. No, you know? no, I don't want those souls. You can keep them. <laughs> There's God, loads of them, but you can have them. If I turn my back on those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. right, um, but shit. you know, Nagash is a little ticked off. He Some is. would say uh, he, he's he's got he's got a little bit of ire over yeah. the situation. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see what he does to get his own back. So, <laughs> as you alluded to, Nagash's biggest strength. Is playing the long game, picking the yeah. moment. That's what he does. He, he's got plenty of time on his side. He don't need to rush things. Let's uh, let's you know. Let's get this to perfection. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose when I get my revenge. You know, good like, so throughout his history, he dies and then he resurrects again. He dies again, resurrects again. You know, centuries mm. don't mean anything on this guy. Doesn't yeah, mean exactly. anything exactly. I mean, basically, when he's when his form enters the mortal realms. Um, uh, typical Nagash, he com- he's convinced it was his birthright. Like, yep, yeah. this is what this is what I was meant to do. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, it's not a paradise or purgatory or anything like that. 
you know, he's looking at it mm. thinking, Shaiish, it's a combination of all these different afterlifes. You know, he he, he was we went to all the different lands and he goes, Yeah, Shaiish, this is mine. This is you know, this is where I was mm. meant to be. Um, you know, even the gods of the underworld, they're mine too. Okay. I'm I'm taking yeah. this all. Yeah. You, you guys mind? Yeah. No, no, I'm just gonna take it all, thanks. Um <laughs> <laughs> so he could have had it all. Oh, but he, <laughs> <laughs> oh Nagash. Um <laughs> so each soul basically gen- you know, will generally find its way to Shaiish. You know, that's the way things go. Mm. You know, death is drawn there to, to basically either dissipate or being brought back to life, depending on what happens. But it all ends yeah. there. You know, and obviously the different souls in there have all different forms of soul energy and all you know levels mm. of soul energy as well. Mm. You know, it can vary yeah. between different souls. Um, you know, these are the, obviously Nagash wants the... The, the big souls, mm. the good souls, the juicy yeah. ones, yeah. Know, especially the elven mm. ones. They're the you know, souls of a proud knight, souls of a great hero. Exactly. You know? Yeah, they're so, it, it, it's dark souls all over again. <laughs> I know. I was thinking. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm surprised he's not a boss in it. Um, uh, oh man, that'd be a that'd, that'd be interesting. Be a cool looking boss. Oh my god, <laughs> Miyazaki. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so there's a you know there's a distinct lack of of the elven souls as we know because of the mm. due to the gorging of Sanesh and obviously the you know the Ideneth fleeing to the sea as well. It's all you know it's all contributing to there. There's not many elf souls elven souls around for mm. Nagash. Um yeah. and like I said, like you said a minute ago, you know, Sigmar, who's also known <laughs> known as the soul thief or the taker of heroes in Nagash's eyes. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, I'm sure he calls him other many names that we can't repeat on here. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> no. Sigmar's the biggest culprit for basically taking these souls. Like you said, he's, you know, mm. he, you know, he, obviously from Nagash's side, he feels a bit hurt because, like, you ma- he made him join his pantheon, you know, up to a point, but he made, you know, he made Nagash join it. And then, obviously, after the Battle of the Burning Skies, which we spoke about earlier, uh, you know, Nagash mm. was nowhere to be seen, um, you know, from it's you know and sigma decided to take the greatest souls battle in chaos after that so you know they 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 yeah. they're on they're yeah. on rocky ground as we know uh you know he even took the ancient souls from shaish which is basically how the mm. uh, anvils of the heldenhammer are formed basically their yeah. souls particularly yeah. are the olden souls um primarily because it comes with experience as well it's a mm. you know, it's a technicality um so nagash is going right i'm going to have my revenge but you know you're taking my souls now guys this isn't fair so he's annoyed but he starts a plan so his plan is uh as you as you know he's he he's got he's had his great black pyramids before he's you know that's his, yeah, one of yeah. his fortes isn't it he he's, he's pretty good when it comes to building black pyramids um so so his sort of his grand plan is he using his um his minions he basically orders a huge mm. inverted pyramid made of monolithic yep, blocks, yep. which is made from Shaishan sand, which mm-hmm. is basically, Shaishan sand is, necro- as it says in the book, necromatic witch fire is used to make it look like volcanic obsidian as well. So that's Ooh. how it gets the look. Ooh. That necromatic witch fire. <laughs> um, mm. so, but ultimately, it's known by its real name, which is grave sand, or the sands of time. Mm. Um, no Prince of Persia copyright there. Um no, no. <clears throat> So Gravesand is basically the natural realm stone of uh, Shaish. Uh, it's a gran- granular, crystalline type material, for, and it's from the mm. on the outer edges of the realm. Uh, as I think we've said to, I think it was when we covered um, 
malign importance i think uh it's basically yeah, attached to the yeah. the life of a, of a mortal uh one you know once and then it's it basically goes still once the life of that particular mortal is over um and basically the rumor is if you find your grain pop it in an hourglass and you can reverse time and live longer mm. basically uh but yeah. as we would as you'd imagine the realm's edge is a very dangerous place for mortals to go to so not recommended to try and do that no, technique no. <laughs> so um gravesand is another building block for nagash basically um to build his pyramid so he basically because he's playing the long game here he sends out his skeletons to uh, gather all the all the grains and um, gravesand they can find go out there you know he's got he's got lots of skeletons Nagash, yeah, he's got plenty. Yeah. He's got plenty to do it. So basically, go out there. Um, you know, even you know, even if you've got to do one at a time, one grain of of uh, grave mm. sand at a time. Just go out there. You have got plenty of time. Bring it all back to the center of Shaish. So as you can imagine, over the centuries, all the sand or a lot of the sand um, is base that w- ends up in Nagashazar, basically. <laughs> so he's you know, this massive mm. pool of all this sand has been. You know, over the time, just collecting there, um, and it almost comes across like a tribute of the Black Pyramid that he, you know, he built in in times before, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, which and basically, but the idea is he, he's this one is going to be like I said earlier, it's going to be inverted because basically he's going to use it to pierce the realm of Sahish, basically, mm. in a manner of speaking. Yeah. So the great the Great Black Pyramid, whilst he's you know, whilst the sand is being gathered for this plan, the gash is. You know, he, he, you know, he's not sitting on. He's not sitting around. Mm. He's, you know, he's he's a, he's a worker. This lad. Uh, so basically, he's working on the greatest of all spells. <laughs> you know, so it's, the, the pyramid is only part of it. It's all. There's going to be a spell ritual yeah. as part of this as well, and it's going to be worse than you know the one that that stripped life in you know in previous times. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's start of his massive plan. So so hidden in the citadel keep, um, after beating the chaos gods, um. That you know, it's basically got wreckage being used as scaffolding and things like that. It's quite a cool little concept there. Mm. Um, which I think was quite funny when I was reading it. Where it says like the failed skeleton skeletons that um, that were that you tried to defend it were used as mortar mm. as well and things like that. So basically, yeah. So basically, this keep you know that like I said after mm. being beaten by the chaos gods is sort of turned into his troops or all <laughs> the, the the body blocks of his troops, mm. which is really cool. So basically, every tunnel. Every car- every corridor is planned perfection. So you know he's got his blueprints out. He's like, yeah, I want that over there. I want that over there. Mm. So this pyramid, you know, is is detailed to the nth degree. You know, he's got to get it right. Yeah. So yeah. and it's using like these powerful energy fields to keep it inverted because you know that's a big ask to to keep a, a pyramid mm. of that size. Because remember, it is vast. He, he looks like an insect in comparison to it, and and the gash yeah. is a big boy yeah. as well. So. Mm. You know, and it's literally about a hand or so, hand's width above the ground. Um, mm. As you can imagine, obviously, this draws a lot of power, even before the spell has yeah. taken, yeah. <laughs> taken effect. So this basically upsets the, what's, the, what's called the ether void um, and, invert, and inadvertently starts mm-hmm. affecting other races, which is really cool. So, like, yeah. for example, you've got, like, the Skaven Warpseers. They're like, what, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some weird unbalance <laughs> going on here. So What? what? <laughs> what's going on? So, you know, the, talking about the Skaven Warpseers, they know the value of Realmstone, you know, the, their, mm. their version of it being Warpstone. Um, yeah. So, basically, they suspect, you know, being Skaven, they suspect there's a, there's a vast amount 
of this realm stone in Shaish, which mm. they're not wrong. Mm. Um, it's just quite contained <laughs> in, in a black pyramid. <laughs> so you know, Skaven being Skaven going, I know what we'll do. We'll go and get it. Why not? That's what we do. <laughs> um, so they basically talk amongst themselves, get the other clans involved. Um, so they decide to start tunneling from Blight City, which is their capital, mm. all the way into Shaish. Because again, that's yep. a very yep. uh, Skaven tactic to do. Skaven being often more ambitious than they are actually skilled at doing, <laughs> <laughs> doing things. Um, basically, the first gnaw hole that they build uh, burrows into the uh, Captar Sea, which is known as yep. the Sea of Suicides. Lovely name. Mm. Um, and it's a, in, I mean, basically, the Sea of Suicides is an ocean where all the corpses of people that have committed suicide there or died, um, as all the corpses are still floating in there. You know, the spirits, mm. their spirits can't rest. It's, you know, a horrible yeah. place. Um, this came yeah. about, about after Nagash defeated the Brine God, which is the, the mm. previous ruler of this sea, yeah. um, and basically conquered it and brought all the corpses coming to life. Um, mm. So, so because, you know, so through this, <laughs> I, I just got, I love the mental <laughs> image of this. I absolutely yeah. love yeah. this. Um, so you've got, so, cause this hole has been, um, put in the side of the sea. You've got, it describes it in this book, a flood of sea zombies and billions of Skaven just flush through <laughs> the tunnels <laughs> at the other end in the Blight City. So all the Sky, Skyra, uh, workshops where obviously all this started, you can imagine all these, mm, all these yeah. wet <laughs> and dead Skaven and, and, and sea zombies. I love it. It actually specifies yeah. their sea zombies just flush yeah, through. Yeah. <laughs> It's brilliant. And that's what kicks off what's uh, known as the Year of the Drowned Rat. Drowned Rat. <laughs> <laughs> it is oh one my of my God. favourite things I read in this core book. Mm, it is brilliant. So I've just got this mental image. Just like You can just hear mm. a rumbling in the workshops. Like, what's that? Can you hear something? Yeah. Then, yeah. Like, this rumbling. All of a sudden, burst through this water and see zombies and wet Skaven. It'd be, oh, it'd just be a... It would be crazy. So, yeah. Skaven, mm. yeah. Mm. Being their usual... Um, not efficient cells. cells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but obviously, what then happened is obviously this emptied, or not only emptied a load of souls, because obviously all these souls have just, you know, just disappeared mm. from, this is, this was a pot of souls that Nagash, you know, had yeah. on his, uh, on his books, so to speak. So not mm. only has it emptied all the souls, but this is where we come across some deepkin. So one yeah, a particular yeah. enclave uh, that's been hidden from the gash all this time since they you know since they've been yeah. in existence is now is now this city is now exposed because obviously it's drained all the water yeah <laughs> so, basically so <laughs> just like Namati flapping like dead fish on the bottom of the lake <laughs> exactly it's just like uh, whoops <laughs> as they look above themselves and all their cover's gone um, so basically. As a you know, they have to obviously they have to quickly react to this. So they quickly react mm. by basically reaching out to their beast cousins in the Labria Basin, which is on the bed of, mm-hmm. of the Labrian, um, which is on the bed basically. And on the bed is the what's known as Labrian Deepkin, um, where you've yeah. got this sort of where this lovely imagery where their eyes and mouth bleed tar when they're soul raiding, Ooh. as we've said before when we've covered the Deepkin. Obviously, mm. Deepkin go out soul hunting on yeah. on dry land to to stay alive in some cases and i said you're mm. sort of, i just got this this image i mean that's great if you think you know if you're building them as a as a force now mm. you'd have this sort yeah, of uh, yeah. paint scheme now with, yeah. ugh, ugh. 
Mm. So, um, <laughs> they, so basically, these deepkin and their cousins basically reach an agreement because they need because obviously Nagash is going to come for them <laughs> on mm. on many different levels because obviously yeah, you know yeah. they're souls that uh, he be wanting so they have to deflect his fury. So the mm. Librians Librians uh, are basically in the time they've been around, have been growing wise to the tribes of the uh, Gurish hinterlands, basically. Mm. Um, which is basically where the rules are. They generally keep away from the orcs and ogres because mm. they're just too much to handle, <laughs> but attack the humans. Yeah. They can deal with the humans there. They're, they're safe to a, to a degree. So this time... They come up as normal to do their raiding, but they but instead of just aiming for the humans and scuttling around the ogres and, and orcs, they just come up for a fight. They go right, let's kick off, boys. <laughs> so, so they get you know bigger the better. They basically target all the you know the nasty orcs and ogres in that mm. uh, region and basically use the tar pits because you've got these tar pits so, which are a way of getting in and out effectively. Um, mm. So they basically goad the the orcs and ogres to come down through the tar pits so basically for a mm. month like all these orcs ogres are, are drowning in the tar pits and then basically end up passing through the realm gates that are down there um, yeah, and then you've yeah. got the ideneth deepkin tide casters are basically forming a tar path basically from the basin to <laughs> nagashashar uh, basically so this is <laughs> this tar path going between the two so basically as you can imagine leading the orcs and ogres all the way to there to shaish basically mm, yeah so as soon as the orcs and ogres come out of there they see the fortress and then obviously mm. them being orcs and ogres just yeah. as soon as they're on dry yeah. land just start fighting and start attacking the gash oh yeah i, I love this yeah. it's such a great tactic <laughs> so you've basically got you know the forces of destruction fighting against the legions and the gash at this point which is awesome mm. you've got orc shamans yeah then decide to sh- spread word to the other end of the world as well. Because, like, lads, there's a massive mm. fight going on here. <laughs> come on, come join us. <laughs> so basically leads some more orcs arriving in, in Shies via the different realm gates to get there. Um, or some of them end up or, dying. Or dying in... Or they, can, or they civil war each other and exactly. their spirits rise And their rise spirits up. rise, yeah, exactly. It was brilliant. <laughs> So, as you can imagine, oh, the gash yeah. is being, you know, he's getting it from all sides. He's just, you know, he's, mm. he's the perfect distraction for the Deepkin. So, basically, mm. by the time the sea has fully drained out there, the gash is too busy, mm. um, you know, and uh, the Deepkin managed to... these orcs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously, at this point, still, the gash is like, okay, it's a setback, but mm. don't worry. I've still got my grand plan. I've got my pyramid. Yeah, yeah. It's still... His his cataclysm of Shaish. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is all about to go down. So, at this yeah. point, his pyramid's almost complete um, and didn't want the, that, that little war to disturb things. Um, but, as always, things don't always go to plan. So, mm. at the 11th hour, Nagash makes a bit of a mistake. So, basically, after the draining that we were just talking about, I was just talking about a second ago, um, Skaven being Skaven again, Obviously, the greed gets the better of them. They think, you know what? We're just going to, you know, we still think there's lots of realm stone in there. So we're now, yeah, the, now yeah. it's all drained out. We're just going to use the same hole and go back down and raid it now. Um, but what they decide to do instead is rather than just throwing loads of Skaven down, they they send some assassins from Clan Eshin mm. down instead yeah. to sneak their way in and sort of check yeah, it out, yeah. which is really cool. So they stealthily 
uh, get in, but they obviously end up in the Great Black Pyramid. But because of the complexity of it, because of the tunnels, because of the corridors, uh, they basically mm. get lost in the pyramid. <laughs> these, these, you can just imagine <laughs> these assassins just walking around and going, I don't know where I am, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so when, you know, at this point, Nagash doesn't know about this, because uh, like I said, mm. they've snuck in. So when the final ritual is being performed as you know, as part of his grand plan, um, the, the Karneshian uh, Skaven are still inside at this point. Um, so as the ritual, the ritual happens, a hurricane of magic goes through all through Shaiish, a massive boom, a magical inversion, you know, it all mm. goes, yeah, tits up basically, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> basically, and it changes the whole polarity, you know, we're getting scientific now, it, it changes the whole polarity of it all. Uh, so basically all the magic of Shaiish and imagine every realm is covered in magic, but mm. there's obviously, it's a very heavy magical area as well. It all pulls to the center of Shaiish. Mm. So you've got mm. this, um, you know, situation where the pyramid's starting to rotate slowly and then all of a sudden it, it spins to a, you know, a massive speed, which, you know, kills anything nearby, basically. It's just, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you got this this lovely imagery where all the land loses its colour in nearby, mm. you know, and basically life within, you know, a certain distance, you know, just turns to dust, basically. There's just so much magical mm. energy contained in this one area. It's screwing things up massively at this point. Now what happens with the pyramid is it starts to sink due to mm. the weight of the magic. Magic is very heavy, especially death magic, particularly <laughs> <laughs> it's mentioned yeah. quite a few times throughout the book. That's a, it's a heavy magic. Um, so like, you know, the, the imagery you've got here, as it says in here is it's like a cannonball on skin. So you imagine, you know, loads mm. of stretch skin and put a cannonball. It would start, you know, it starts sagging in the middle and that's basically sort mm. of what's, what's happening with the pyramid. You've got also yeah. as well as you've got a huge vortex, above drawing Shaiish uh, and everything nearby to it as well. So all the magic and mm-hmm. everything around is just hurtling towards mm. this middle. And uh, yeah. Nagash yeah. is right at the bottom of it. And basically he's taking in all the power. He's like, yes, more power, please. You know, he's just taking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is what gets, this is the sort of the, uh, what gets known as the Shaiish Nadir, which is the, the point mm. of it there. And it's collectively known as the end of all things. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. a lovely, lovely title. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the sort of the, the turning point. This is what's collectively known as the Necroquake, which is a great mm. name for something. Oh yeah. Um oh, yeah. I love this. So basically due to the Skaven being inside the pyramid as we as I said, um mm. inside whilst the corrupting rituals happening, the inversion and everything is more destructive than planned because basically yeah. because the because the Skaven are in there, it's tainted the ritual and tainted mm. the pyramid with chaos because Skaven are part yeah. of chaos. Yeah. So basically mm. as when the neck, when the ritual performed and all this happened, all the energy went out into each mortal realm, basically warping space mm. and time. Yes. Space and time again. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the answer yeah. for everything. Um, and basically completely upsets the balance of everything. Um, mm. And basically it causes billions in all the different realms, billions of dead souls to rise in each realm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, as you, you, you know, imagine the catastrophe it would have on each realm. It's just because obviously oh, yeah. they're just not yeah. there to deal with it. So 
you know, you've got wizards and mages and seers all trying to harness this because there's, there's new, there's all this magical energy everywhere. Well, there already mm. was before, but it's, it's personified now. It's, it's just absolutely ramped up, um, trying to harness this new power. But, uh, you know, so you've got lots of wizards dying because they just, they're trying to harness mm. this new power and they can't. <laughs> it's just too much for them to handle and they end up, uh, uh dying. Um, yeah. So, and, but where basically the only wizard or sorcerer that can handle it is Nagash at this point. Mm. Um, mm. So while this is happening, Shaiish is completely changed. Um, there's no there's no you know because of this, no souls are escaping anymore because they're all you know they're all being drawn yeah. to that middle um, due to the power of the of the uh, Shaiish and deer. Even Nagash can't spend too much time there as well. It's just even too almost too powerful for him to deal with mm. as well. Um, yeah. And obviously, because of the chaos taint, there's a lot of chaotic magic everywhere. Madness is setting in. You've got vampires and leashes um, in pain and fear. You know, like everything's just going crazy as part of it. You know, where they're using, sorry, they're losing years of their lives in a flash. Uh, and basically, a new evil has arrived. <laughs> it's basically like this, yeah, this corrupted, yeah. chaotic, death magic <laughs> thing that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> it is a catastrophic event. And, and, and to think, Nagash did not intend any of that. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's like um, again, it's laid out more in the Soul Wars novel, but um, the idea apparently was that no one would notice. <laughs> um, if the Skaven hadn't interfered, basically Nagash would have switched this, and no one would have noticed until they realized they weren't able to grab souls anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. <laughs> Which could have been a while. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's it's great. I just it, yeah. it's such a brilliant st- part of the story because it mm. because it, again it's involving the gash, which is always great, and it's just always how he ballses things up. <laughs> There's always something. Oh that, yeah, that goes oh, wrong, yeah. and and Skaven, and Skaven as well. They're always always interfering <laughs> and always causing some sort of problem. In you know, and in this case, a problem they didn't realize was going to happen. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so what's the aftermath of uh, all the magic being yeah. around? Well, um, th- there was one very big unintended side effect. Uh, so this is magic without end. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so the, the Shia Sinodia not only caused this mass resurrection of undead, but magic itself has sort of cascaded across the cosmos. Um, and people who can cast magic, wizards and such, uh, are suddenly able to cast these spells that just don't go away. Like... Initially, someone, you know, we're trying to cast a fireball and like, yeah, cast a fireball. It's, it's still there. It's <laughs> turned around. It's looking at me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, basically there are these ghosts everywhere and they keep coming and they keep coming. And so these, these mages, these sorcerers keep pulling more and more power and create these more and more ambitious spells and incantations. Um, and the spells are, yeah, they're becoming physical. Um, they manifest physically, not for a single lethal moment, not even an hour or a day, but indefinitely. These magic of a spell would normally dissipate over time as magic sort of is pulled back to the edge of its realm, because the, um, to get into the metaphysics of Age of Sigma for a second, um, magic, e- each realm is made up of a certain type of magic, mm-hmm. and, um, the way it works is that over time, the magic shifts to the edge of the realm, which is why the edges of the realms are really dangerous, because they're coalitions of pure magic, yep. basically. Uh, but what has happened is that there's enough latent magic in the air now that um magic is no longer pulled to the edge of the realm. The realms are all saturated completely, effectively. They yep. don't pull magic to the edge anymore. 
Um, which is pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and with all this extra energy, spells have just stopped from ending. You know, you've got these flame skulls crackling throughout Akshi that see- they actually actively seek out vi- uh, victims. Um, hazards become known to the native people in their regions and get named for their particular dangers. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, a lot are intrinsically linked to Shaiish, so you've got these hurricanes of raw magic shaped into tornadoes. Uh, the purple sun... Uh, which is really easy to make with all this death magic hanging around, transforms people into amethyst statues. Yep. And sends their souls back to Shaiish, which is... Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, graveyards are rupturing up and roaming the land as these waves of earth. There are shackles bursting out of the ground to sort of pin down souls and drag them to the great oubliette in Shaiish. Uh, But Nagash didn't stir up just Shaiish in magic. He He stirred up every kind of magic. There are these massive gnashing moors, big enough to swallow Dracoths, sort of just roaming across Gur. There are these cogs in Azir just appearing out of the air and sending time back and forth. Uh, These walls of crystal from Heish just burst out of the ground and blind anyone nearby. Um, (laughs) Sages and seers from the Free Cities learned about how dangerous this was pretty quickly. Um... (laughs) After the disastrous living inferno of Hallowhide. I love that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great title. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so after after a living inferno sp- sprung up in the city of Hallowhide, um, wizards from the Collegiate Arcane combined forces with Swifthawk agents, which are the old High Elves, yeah. uh, and sent, sent out covens of bright wizards to channel and dissipate rogue Axian spells. And um, they got all these Shaiishian adepts to go dispel these Shaiish spells that are just roaming around. Um, the Eldritch Council, so a whole bunch of elven wizards, convened whenever a spell was too strong for humans to banish. Yep. Riding their steeds and drakes out to hunt down these spells. <laughs> that's great, isn't it? That, 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 that's a job now. Like, spell bounty hunter is a <laughs> <Yeah>. job description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um hundreds of these talented magic users met spectacular ends yep. for their trouble. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of smart people found a way to turn this to ad- their advantage. A lot of these spells couldn't actually be banished properly, so instead they were channeled and siphoned into enchanted relics. Um, so basically creating all these magic items, you know, Games Workshop with all your magic item <laughs> in the Malign Sorcery uh, expansion. Oh, there you go. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But for every spell dismantled or placed into a solid physical form, a dozen more just raged across the realms, killing mm-hmm. and cursing fool- those foolish enough to approach them. Uh, this is where we get our endless spells from. Yeah. It's really cool. It's uh, awesome, it's, isn't it? it's an interesting and, like, the, I think the best thing is it's, like, a really plausible explanation for this expansion to the game, basically. It's like... Nagash was doing his best, the Skaven messed it up, the big wave of magic meant there's just more magic around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, magic's not dying out anymore, it's just living, it's turning around, Love eating it. people. Love it. Oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> and and, and so, then yeah. we get a nice big two, two-page two spread of the Soul Wars art, and that is uh, the Age of Sigma updated. Yes. Um, we got there in the end. Hey, hey, people who people who keep saying the Age of Sigma has no law. It really does. It's There's here a lot now. to it. <laughs> it's here now. We're about oh, exactly. we're about like a third of the way through it. Exactly. 
That is, yeah, that is God. the three different main ages. I mean, I said the Age of Sigmar yeah. is full of stuff. That's, that's well, just... it's because that's when the game actually started. Yeah, like the the Corgus Cool and Vander's Hammerhand Showdown was literally last edition starter set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A lot's happened since. The neck quake yeah. has kicked off the Soul Wars. <laughs> the gash oh, is up man. to no good. It's uh, oh, yeah, man. different times. So so much good stuff. It is. It's awesome, isn't it? It's so. It's so much to it. So, uh, oh, I think I think sir, we need to take a very well earned break <laughs> after all mm, that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the start of the episode, we said that like I said we're probably going to break this episode as in episode 10 uh into two parts from a recording point of view um because of how long it's going to be um so yeah that's what we're going to do we've made, we made that decision in the last break didn't we so um yeah so this will be yeah. the end of part 1 okay um uh, so this will be its own you know download and an episode um so and then there'll be a second one which will be released at the same time they'll be literally together so you just need to download them together so part two is where we're going to talk about the various realms and obviously the all the factions of the age of sigma as well so uh so yeah so that'll be the end of this first part and we'll catch you on part two when we're talking about realms and factions (laughs) speak soon ta-ra 